0: It's 39 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump's nominee to lead the Department of Veterans Affairs is denying new misconduct allegations against him. White House physician Dr. Ronnie Jackson told reporters... He never wrecked a government vehicle while loaded.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was totally sober when I wrecked
2: that thing.
0: This guy is great. Uh, He's also accused of excessive drinking on the job and improperly dispensing meds. The New York Times reported that he wrote prescriptions for himself, that he prescribed large amounts of Percocet to a staff member, so much so that other staffers were in a panic about where it all went. Uh, During a trip during Obama's time as president, they were on an overseas trip. Jackson came back to the hotel drunk and started banging on all the doors. The commotion prompted the Secret Service to check it out, and they told him he better quiet down before he woke the president. Uh, The Times also reported during another trip he was needed for a medical issue, but he was found passed out drunk in his room. Uh, On other occasions, if the staff was on a long overseas trip, He'd uh, hand out Ambien to help him sleep yeah. and then give him wake up pills when they got there.
1: <laughs> What's wake up pills? I, want,
3: I
0: don't I want, know. I want some
1: of those. Can we get
0: a dispenser of those in here? Yeah.
1: I don't know about the wake up
3: pill part, but uh, I mean, dispensing Ambien on those long
1: flights, I don't think that's that big of a deal. No.
0: We'll just add that to the list. But of- with
1: all the other stuff, Yeah, this I mean, like having your- a nickname Candyman as a doctor probably isn't the best thing
0: this is like your fr- crazy fraternity brother and you know 20 years later you're like how did he get that job
1: oh my god yeah exactly <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> remember how hammered ronnie used to get you know what ronnie does now he's a pretty well-liked guy he's
3: a, well, he's a fun
0: party guy i, was, I mean you like, know?
1: even in the obama administration like they
3: loved him and uh in george D- w bush's uh, administration, they, uh, everybody
1: thought he was a great guy. Who wouldn't uh, love the Candyman? I right? know, right? <laughs> um,
3: but maybe not the best pick to be an administrator of the second biggest bureaucracy yeah, in, in the country. In, in, right. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, uh,
3: and uh, also, you know, you can't say like, you know, I'm going to take care of the vets. I'm taking care of the vets. And then just get the drunkest guy you can find and go,
1: hey, you do it. You know, with no experience. I, I was going to take care of the vets, but then I crashed my car.
0: <laughs> I have read conflicting reports. One said, despite the claims, he's still moving forward with his bid. The other said he's in talks to withdraw his nomination. I bet he I withdraws actually,
1: today. I, you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the reporters have been chasing him down and he's been doing <laughs> that fast walk in his a few good men outfit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the other great part is the, his name is Ronnie. And that's what I I'm know. saying. That's, that's Ronnie.
1: Dr. Ronnie. Dr. Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Ronnie sounds like a doctor you would not be cool with going to see. Yeah. Or really. Or, cool. or that's with like the Candyman. Go- yeah. Dr. Ronnie. <laughs> the coolest. You got any Vikes, Ronnie?
3: <laughs> the guy who you call Candyman, you call him Doctor by his first name. You know, like, you know, if you ever want to determine the legitimacy of a doctor, it's if they call him by the first name, you're in trouble. You know? <laughs> It's like, oh, that's Dr. Ted. Yeah, you're screwed. Right. right. That guy is not operating on your,
1: (laughs) you know, on your bowel reduction surgery or anything like that. Comes back hammered. He's like, who needs a prostate exam? I'm just kidding you guys. Who wants a perk? He's got a prescription tablet on him at all times. He's like, what's up? What do you
3: need? Dr. Ronnie.
0: Kanye West is polarizing the Internet with a series of tweets in support of President Trump. He said yesterday, Trump is his brother and he loves him because they are both dragon energies.
1: This is, a, Ooh, is this like t- Tiger t- Blood 2.0? Yeah. Maybe.
0: Uh, President Trump tweeted his appreciation for the post, which prompted Kanye to post a picture of his phone showing Trump's reply. He added, just because he supports Trump doesn't mean he is opposed to Hillary Clinton. Uh, quite a few celebrities unfollowed him yesterday. Meanwhile, Kim Kardashian defended him against speculation he might be dealing with mental health issues by tweeting he was just expressing himself. I
3: think uh, anybody wasting time on this is wasting time. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: like, um, who who cares who he likes or what he thinks about anything? Two of the world's biggest narcissists pat each other on the back. I, Kim is probably like, dude, what are you doing? Like we don't have we don't feel any way about anything. We want to sell pants at Kmart <laughs> and make up to everybody.
0: Take naked pictures.
1: Right. Yeah. What are you doing here? You're jamming up business. <laughs>
0: Uh, officials say a dog broke free and bit a Pittsburgh police horse during a demonstration in Wilmerding last Wednesday. Police officials say the dog got loose and attacked the horse, taking part in a citizens' police academy session. City officials say the horse did suffer a puncture wound, but is expected to be okay. That dog was captured in quarantine. Police are consider- considering possible charges. What
3: was the demonstration?
0: It was like it was a citizens' police demonstration. Academy. Why would you bite
1: a horse? It's a dumb dog. Or some dumb dude who
3: thought he's like, you know what? Freckles would be a great canine. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> a bizarre case is unfolding in florida where police are accused of trying to use a dead man's finger to unlock a phone victoria armstrong says clearwater detectives showed up at a funeral home where her dead husband was to yep. gain access to the phone but failed in their attempt to use the fingerprint sensor it has sparked a larger debate about using a corpse to access technology for information oh. police say they obtained the device within the proper time period allowed under law Florida law does not say who has access to a dead person's remains only who's authorized to get rid of them. So this will likely be headed to court.
3: That is the most messed up thing ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what happened. A guy was killed by the cops. This guy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I if this is the same story in Tampa. Um,
0: well, Clearwater. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: I think he was shot by the police and. They walked in, pulled his hand out of the casket, and like put putting it on his phone. You know, hey, how you guys doing? Hold on a second. Now, the interesting part of this to me is not that, you know, they thought to do this. It's that they might be allowed to do this.
0: It might be oh, an yeah. okay
1: thing. And what were they checking for on his phone? I, I don't remember.
0: Incriminating information, I yeah, guess. Yeah,
1: something. Hey, these cops, cops just shot me. And then they send out a text, JK, it was, it was my bad. <laughs> but just imagine what that must've looked like just going, you know, and, and
3: did they do it like they were serving a summons, like surreptitiously, like, hi, how you doing you know, in incognito and then going and do it. Or they just going in their uniforms and do it. Ooh,
1: that's Creepy. That's like they that might video. be allowed to do
3: it though dude they uh, it they literally might, it might be okay to do that
1: do you remember seeing the video where they shot that guy in the back and then the cop runs up and like yeah. plants a gun on him mm-hmm. and it, it kind of feels like something to that extent like they got caught doing something that they're oh. not allowed to do
3: no but th- that's what I'm saying The surprising part of this to me is that this might be an okay practice why under, would they like, be why would that under Florida okay? law Because it doesn't there is no it's Florida.
1: It, it might be, yeah, it's just like a Florida
3: the thing.
0: The law doesn't say who has access to a dead person.
1: Oh my, well, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. Like every trip I take now, I'm like, well, this could be it. You know, uh, the, the plane could go down, something could happen. Uh, who's going to uh, be the the runner of my Twitter account after I, <laughs> I, I go? I'll do
3: it, dude. Okay, um, good. I, Thank you. I refused to read that Southwest article because I was on vacation and I had to take Why? two more flights. I was like, "Oh man. I don't want oh, to even find out about this." That was this.
1: crazy. That woman got sucked out that window. Is that how that happened?
0: I, I think thought she was break. partially, wish well, she didn't yes. completely fly out of the plane. Right.
1: Ugh. But-, oh. but only because she was buckled, I'm assuming. Oh god. But she was pulled back in. Ugh. Oh. it's the worst. The worst.
0: Remember the show Double Dare? Well, it is returning to Nickelodeon this summer with forty brand new episodes. The network's yes. longest-running show will be back to uh, create all those messy challenges. Two teams will compete to win prizes. The new version of the show will include the infamous obstacle course that had a human hamster <laughs> wheel, a giant mount, a ringer, and the Double Dare nose. The nose. The reboot of the iconic show is set to premiere this summer. Five- is Mark?
1: Is Mark Summer going to be the host again? I don't know. He's still he does probably young network. enough. He is probably young enough to do it. Oh, I love that show. It was so great. The obstacle course with the grown men riding a tricycle, pulling a booger out of a flag <laughs> out of a nose, digging around in a piece of pizza.
0: A $5 million sexual assault lawsuit against Russell Simmons is being dropped. The suit filed by filmmaker Jennifer Jerosic in January was dismissed based on agreement from her Simmons. Uh, from her and Simmons' attorney in it, she alleged that Simmons raped her in his home in 2016 after inviting her over to talk about one of her film projects. Simmons is still facing a $10 million lawsuit filed by a woman last month who claims he sexually assaulted her in a hotel room in 1988. He has also been accused of sexual assault or rape by more than a dozen other women. He has denied all those hey. claims. And the Harvey Weinstein sexual misconduct scandal is being made into a movie. Anna picture and Brad Pitt's Plan B Entertainment have acquired the film rights to a dramatization of the Weinstein story. The film will be about how the New York Times broke the story of a powerful Hollywood producer accused of a pattern of sexual misconduct. The work of the two Times reporters helped drive the Me Too movement and earned them a Pulitzer Prize last week. Weinstein has been accused of sexual misconduct by over 70 women. Partly sunny, 60 for the high today. It's 39 at DVE.
1: All right. Today's show is so packed. This lineup is ridiculous.
3: Not only it fits on the page. I know. Not only are we uh, getting you ready for tonight's game one between the Penguins and the Capitals, in which the Penguins will find themselves without the services of Evgeny Malkin and Carl Hagelin, and we're going to be talking with Rick Seaback live in studio about his new Nebby series. This Love one's it. on uh, authors, I believe, people who wrote here, wrote books here. Uh, Gene Collier, 745, in commemoration of today's NFL draft. The start of the draft. Gene will tell the legendary NFL draft story. One of the best bits ever. PFT commenter on the show at 8.15 today from Barstool Sports, Pardon My Take podcast. He's a diehard Capitals fan. Ooh, this could get a little chippy. Guy who I think is the funniest guy on Twitter. PFT commenter, 8.15. Billy Gardell, 9 a.m., Josh Yoey, 915, talking pens, caps. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network, live from Dallas, Texas, site of the NFL draft. And Stan Saverin, closing thing. Oh.
1: Doc, what is it?
3: I've got some great news.
1: I'm on pins and needles over here, Doc. you got to tell me what's up.
3: I have a penis and a scrotum. For you.
1: (gasps) I'm finally getting my transplant! (laughs) All
3: those years, waiting for a donor, and we finally found the perfect match for you.
1: Yes! I've been waiting for this day ever since my tragic subway turnstile accident. The D-train was delayed over an hour that morning. I missed a Pilates class. Doc, you you gotta tell me. About the penis? In the scrotum. I need details. Length. Girth. Is it cute? Or is it a burly fella's undercarriage with a- It's- it's- a celebrity penis a celebrity penis oh my god who mm-hmm. who died recently um uh harry anderson uh, oh oh the guy from full metal jacket wait, wait a minute oh my god it's not the guy who i think it is is it i think it might be no freaking way yeah bernard Vern slayer Vernotin- wait what what'd you say bern shroer you know the actor mini me mini you no you, you got to be kidding me what My wife is giving birth to three kids. It's going to be like driving a Fespa through the Lincoln Tunnel. Well, this is a perfect
3: match for you. If you turn down Vern Troyer's penis. And scrotum. And scrotum. I can't guarantee when the next match will be. Could be years. Could
1: be never. You may never get another penis. And scrotum. And scrotum. Well, it's it's just been so long. I, I almost forgot what it's like to have a penis.
4: Or a scrotum.
1: I think I'm going to wait for one that um, that I'm more comfortable with. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly understand your decision. I'll let you know if and when another good fit comes in. And, hey, you've gone this long without a penis and a scrotum. What's the difference? Exactly. Okay, Mr. Giroux, I'll be in touch. Oh, and sorry about your season coming to an end.
1: Yeah, I I really could have used that transplant before the... uh... The Flyers played the Penguins.
3: Oh, it's back on tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah Penguins hockey. Pens-Caps game one in D.C. A seven o'clock start tonight.
0: How you feeling?
3: Not confident. No haggling, No Gino. No bueno. Not feeling good. I uh, I am very pessimistic. I am nearly always pessimistic, but uh, I really think uh, it's going to be tough for the Penguins to win this series.
1: They definitely have the Russian edge tonight. No doubt about that. Mike can't, put them on the, can't put them on the power play. Mike Pursuit will be in with a preview of
3: that and a preview of the draft when we come back from the commercial break. Don't forget your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Billy Gardell. Coming up this morning, Billy will join us later on.
0: That's gonna be a fun weekend.
3: Oh my let's, god! Let's do this early. I'm gonna do it's it in the next half hour. How do you like that? Nice. We're gonna we're gonna let's give you. Let's do it. That's right. So keep listening. To your chance to win tickets to see Billy Gardell in November, Friday, November 16th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Well, that's today, actually. The pre-sales today. Tomorrow is the general sale. Beat all the uh, uh, the hoi polloi. Uh, all you gotta do is go to TrustArts.org today, keyword YENZER, to buy your tickets. But listen for your chance to win coming up in the next half hour here on DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pesuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike.
5: Not many days and nights like this one, guys. Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Everybody in action in one form or another. Uh, As Val mentioned, you got the Pirates-Tigers this afternoon down on the North Shore Penn's Caps game one tonight in D.C. And round one of the NFL draft, the Steelers selecting 28th overall, at least in advance of any trade they may or may not become involved in. So when's that happen? Around 2 a.m.? Well, (laughs) it's late. It's going to be late, but uh, it's going to be a long day and an interesting day. Let's start with the Penguins, who are meeting the Capitals for the third consecutive postseason and for the 11th time in the history of the two franchises. Mike Sullivan uh, clarified the status yesterday of, of Getty Malkin and Carl Hagelin for tonight's Game 1. Haggy will not make the trip. Uh, Gino will make the trip. Uh, both of them will not play in Game 1. So there you go. Uh, Is there
0: any speculation as to what's wrong with Hagelin?
5: It's got to uh, be a like concussion, he, It right? looked
0: like when he was going off the ice, he was holding his eye.
5: I, I don't know. I've, I have not yeah, that, seen, heard, or like read that. anything. Yeah. I thought he got unless cut. It was
0: just Unless it was a concussion and he was just like, oh.
5: I thought he got cut. I was actually a little surprised he didn't come back, but uh, not knowing what it is, uh, he's not going to play. I mean, it's his head tonight. rocked off the ice. They practiced yesterday uh, with uh, Sidney Crosby centering Jake Gensel and Patrick Hornquist. The second line has uh, Riley Shane between Dominic Simone and Phil Kessel. Simone taking Hagelin's spot. Shane had been in. Malkin spot, uh, that third line that they like so much is uh, remaining together, Derek Broussard between Connor Sherry and Brian Rust, and uh, Carter Rowney's got uh, the fourth line center duties between Zach Aston Reese and uh, Tom Kuhn-Hockel. Uh That's the way uh, they're going to play it, at least at the outset, but as always, Mike Sullivan reserved the right to uh, change his options as he sees fit you know we 'll utilize all our players the best way we know how to help the team win and there 's lots of circumstances that are going to factor into uh, each game, and every game is different it, so it all depends on on how the games play out and uh, and what we see as a coaching staff and we 'll make adjustments accordingly so uh, i 'm not sure if that answers your question, but that 's the best answer I can give you. And in the meantime, uh, without Haglin and Malkin, uh, it's up to everybody else to get the job done. Derek Broussard said yesterday the best way to do that is by not trying to do too much. Personally, you just have to focus on what you have to do and what you do best out there. Uh, you can't try to do too much. Uh, you just have to play with your linemates, trying to play uh, a good, solid game and you know, work hard and compete. And that's the only thing you can control out there. Yeah, this is going to be good stuff. It it always is. It's going to go at least six, right? Probably seven. I'm going to lean Pens in seven. Uh, I, don't, I don't see any reason to predict their fall. Uh, I don't think this is uh, a layup by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, they are nine and zero in playoff series under Mike Sullivan. And they're hard, pretty, and they're they pretty have, good against the Caps. They too. have not lost one. <laughs> it's hard
3: to hard to. Doubt them, but this is going to be really tough if they don't have Hagelin or Malkin for most of the
5: series. Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough either way. But, you know, Washington uh, is is not going to have uh, forward Andre Burakovsky, at least least for the start of the series. He's week to week, according to head coach Barry Trotz. Uh, Burakovsky missed the last four games in the Columbus series. Other guys are going to get hurt. As this goes on in all likelihood, uh, it uh, it is what it is. It is a war of attrition in the, in the playoffs, and if you want to go a long way, you have to deal with this kind of stuff. They did it before. They did it last year without Chris LeTang. Mm-hmm. I love Murray stealing one tonight. I'll, a Bounce back game. I, I think the Caps are going to have a hard time emotionally tonight and physically, even though it's been a little while since uh, their last game against the Blue Jackets. That was... One of those series, you know, they, it started off, they got in a 2 nothing hole, both of the games in overtime, uh, emotional strain, physical strain, the pressure not to get eliminated, uh, they were dealing with a lot of stuff. And uh, the Penn Series, it wasn't, you know, completely clean against Philadelphia, but it was easier, I think, to navigate.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, those games got out
5: of hand pretty quick. Yeah. The so, ones that they won. And, and they're coming off a game in which, you know, that third period, they... They uh, got a lot of juice out of that, the way they were able to kind of rein that game in 4-4 and then just uh, lock it down. Is it a better Caps team than it was last year? I guess we'll find out. I mean, the core is basically the same. I think the key's got to be Holpe, doesn't it? Yeah. He let him down last year, did he not? And the other guy for them, uh, Alex Ovechkin, did not have a great season last year by his standards. And in that series against the Penguins, he actually got bumped down to the third line because it w- wasn't happening enough at the other end, and Trotz was trying to uh, you know, mm-hmm. negotiate something and, and come up with a combination. Alex Ovechkin this year, 49 goals to lead the league. He looks like his old self. And beyond that, um, one of the goals he scored against Columbus in the clincher in Game 6, one was his typical blast from the left circle on the power play, but he also got – uh, he went to the net, which he's done a lot more this year. He had stopped doing that. And he went to the net and got a rebound in the slot. The Washington Post described that as a Sidney Crosby-type goal. So if he's going to do that stuff.
3: Don't you think, Mike, that this is uh, he wants this bad? I mean, Ovechkin, this has been the stumbling block for him. This has yeah. been the one thing he he hasn't been able to say
5: he could do. He, could, he
3: hasn't been able beat to beat Penguins. Sidney Crosby. hasn't yeah. been able to beat the Penguins.
5: And he hasn't been able to get to the third round either. Yeah. The Caps have been the one Stanley Cup final. I get blown away by uh, that Detroit machine, like everybody else did back then. But uh, Alex Ovechkin's never been to a conference final, and that hangs over his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fair or otherwise, there are, there are some great players in every sport in the history that never got to the championship for whatever reason. I think the guy's a generational player. He's one of the great goal scorers of all time, for sure. But yeah, to answer your question, Randy, I, I think every year it gets a little more. Gnawing at him, it has to, right? And you know he's a competitor. I mean, <sighs> when they get eliminated, he he flies halfway across the world and goes and place for Russia in the World Championships. Didn't he fight Gino at one point? Oh, he's, yeah. He, in uh, like in a nightclub. Oh, I, I don't know about that. He used to uh, run Malkin early in his oh, career, yeah. and go yeah. out <laughs> of his way. He's he used to gesture at Crosby, and um, when he when he came in, he was kind of out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is some of the best hockey he's played. He's still physical, but he doesn't go out of his way to right. to chase guys down and get himself out of position. Um, he's going to the net more, and he's still got the shot. But, uh, boy, look what you see from the Penguins. Even without Malkin and Haglin. there's a lot to work with, is there not? Well, they scored eight goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that was pretty good. Yeah, now some of that was because – right. Philly and you know the Flyers made the playoffs and they deserve to the system is what it is and, and Philadelphia got enough points through 82 games and deserved to be in but I think the Flyers were the worst playoff team yes so it's the the degree of difficulty ratchets up
1: yeah I thought the Panthers actually had a better year than
5: them more consistent and they had more wins yeah and then they were playing better at the end maybe um but they got those uh those lovable loser points and uh, those fourteen count. of them, those count. And uh, but uh, the the Penguins are going to be challenged uh, to a much higher degree by Washington than they were by Philadelphia. But uh, hey, so far in the Sullivan era, Sullivan era, they have been up to any and all challenges. Pens caps tonight. What a game seven last night between Toronto and Boston. The Bruins win it seven to four, four unanswered goals in the third period after trailing four to three. Uh, through 40 minutes Boston overcame deficits of one nothing two to one and four to three to win that game seven and uh just consider this for a second Boston pretty good team right usually definitely won some cups not uh not all that long ago Bruins get to the second round for the first time since 2014. wow and it's not a layup to get to the final eight. You know, when you win a couple cups in a row, yeah. you sort of forget everybody's trying to do this and, and how difficult it is. And they needed all seven games and all three periods to get there. Yeah, <laughs> Boston, uh, first team in NHL history to overcome three deficits of at least one goal to win a game seven in regulation. That was a crazy ass game. That was last really night. fun to watch. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. The beginning of that game was nuts. First Le- two periods were. Crazy. and the Leafs were—they were right there. they were twenty minutes away, about sixteen minutes away, and Freddie Anderson, who got them through games five and six, ran out of—yeah, ran out of saves.
3: Yeah.
1: Ah, oh,
5: that happens. You lose. Uh, I mentioned the draft uh, round one tonight. Uh, a guy who uh, I respect as a analyst, Dane Brugler of NFLDraftScout.com. He's got a mock draft like uh, seemingly everybody else on the planet. He's got Sam Darnold from USC going to Cleveland first overall. Saquon Barkley second overall to the Giants. When we get down to number 28 uh, for your Pittsburgh Steelers, Dane Brugler's pick is Stanford safety Justin Reed. I've got uh, either uh, Central Florida cornerback Mike Hughes or Alabama inside linebacker Rashawn Evans as a Steelers pick leaning to Hughes if it's an either-or. I know everybody's uh, fixated on inside linebacker, but they need help a corner too, and I think Hughes is a better corner than Evans is a better is an inside linebacker now the the asterisk with that is uh Central Florida is not a power five team not, they're not from a big conference and uh Ke- Kevin Colbert really likes those uh, on the first round. Mm-hmm. They don't normally stray from those power five guys, but i'm I'm giving Hughes a uh, special dispensation because he started his career at North Carolina. Then ran into some uh, discipline trouble and ended up transferring out. So he started in the Power Five. So he was a Power Five recruit. That is a good point. He seems to feel very comfortable. They like the, the a lot of guys are like that, especially when the, you get a big school guy you're... on the top picks where you're really investing a lot. You don't roll the dice on some guy from Humboldt State, right? Um, Pirates just split a doubleheader yesterday with the Tigers, thirteen ten. Detroit in the first game. Another tough day for uh, Jamison Tyone, who lasted three and two thirds, gave up 10 hits and Mm. seven earned runs. Coming off a real bad performance in Philadelphia. The Bucs bounce back and win the nightcap 8 to 3, snapping a five game losing streak. And uh, Chad Cool got it done. Six innings, six hits, three runs. All of them earned one walk and eight strikeouts as Chad Cool improves to three and one this year. The Pirates. Are thirteen and eleven? One more with Detroit this afternoon twelve thirty five. Michael Fulmer one and two with the three point four seven ERA against Ivan Nova two and one four point two zero. Boy, there were not a lot of fans there yesterday. <sighs> oh my God! Did you turn it on for the start of the game? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anybody but ushers in there. It was crazy. That's as empties as I've ever seen. That play. you know, I think I went to a pit game a couple years ago. It looked like that. I oh, don't know, man. <laughs> it was.
3: I wonder if they even opened up.
5: Concessions on the upper deck. Yeah, I mean, between sending vendors home, <laughs> you know, it's a non-scheduled game that you don't find out is going to be played till the night before. It's still during work hours. Yeah, those are always weather, partially attended. The weather sucks. I just I thought it would fill up a little more as the. I watched the baseball for a while, then I watched the hockey game, and then uh, I flipped it back, and it still didn't look very crowded. No, for the nightcap. All right, down. Val's got news. Top of the hour. What do you got, Bal?
0: I have a draft drinking game for you.
3: Uh-huh. I got to hear this. So we'll do that kind of
0: 7 And
3: what a lineup on the show today. Rick back talking about the latest installment in the Nebby series. Gene Collier with
5: the infamous draft story. Greatest of all time. That's 745. Uh, you know what? It's it's maybe tied. With? The uh, construction story. Rick Lair. Yeah, yeah, but that's
3: not his. That was just a retelling of a story. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got that one off the internet. Uh the draft story is actually, he was a part of it. PFT commenter from Barstool Sports, pardon my take, podcast talks Pens Caps. He's a huge Caps fan. Billy Gardell, 9 o'clock. Josh Yowie previewing tonight's Caps-Pens game one. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network, live from Dallas. Talking draft and Stan Saber and closing things out today. It is the DVE Morning Show and we have a packed house. Now, first of all, your chance to win workforce cash, $1,000 at the top of every hour by texting the keyword to 200-200. We got Billy Gardell tickets to give away. You know what? Let's do that right now. Caller number 45333-WDVE. You win tickets to see Billy Gardell. Live at the Benetton Center, Friday, November 16th. Now, the pre-sale for those tickets... Starts today at 10 a.m. The Keyword will be Yinzer, TrustArts.org, if you don't have a chance to call in to try to win now. Uh, And then they're on sale to the general public tomorrow, TrustArts.org. Also, we've uh, got your chance to win playoff tickets. We'll tell you more about that. we got a full house today with Rick Seaback joining us uh, in about 20 minutes or so. Gene Collier Collier and Dave Damaschek will both be talking about the NFL draft today. Stan Savern will do that as well. And at this time yesterday... During the show, we were talking about the emergence of Mel Kiper and just how unusual it was for somebody to just create this, and how integral he was in creating the draft atmosphere, the draft as the NFL draft as a television show, as entertainment spectacle, mm-hmm. off-season mm-hmm. content. Uh, but he developed a, a way of speaking, a lexicon from which he draws now that is unique. To his sport, and he has a way of thinking, or his occupation, I should say. He has a way of thinking that is different, and it has to drive his wife nuts. We now take you to a marriage counselor's office somewhere outside of Bristol, Connecticut. So, the important thing about coming to marriage counseling is to realize that I am just a vessel to help you communicate with each other other
0: we do realize that dr weissman
3: she and i have always had great communication skills never been any issues there but where i think we're going to run into problems docs with janet's possible infidelity she got a wandering eye and that caused a lot of guys to pass on her in her early 20s she uh, almost dropped right off the board before i selected her with you it.
0: see the, see doctor this is the problem mel's job as an nfl draft analyst affect the way he talks about everything doc
3: i spoke with trina holden owner of the stanford nail care center she told me she wouldn't be surprised if janet was stepping out on me with either contractor mike Wright from Culver City, and most likely my arch nemesis, Troy McShay. He's 5'11", great cheekbones, got a good hairline and a healthy smile. I don't like him. You
0: see see what I mean? He talks like that all the time.
3: Mm-hmm. G- give me an example of what you mean by all
6: the time.
0: This morning, I asked him if he wanted eggs or cereal. Mm-hmm. Unreasonable
3: question, Doc. I've been told that eggs provide an entire day of protein. to give you high motor function and tasty and filling, but last week, I spoke with Nate Spencer, nutritionist for the Miami Dolphins, and he tells me the cholesterol quotient makes the selection of eggs, just too risky of a pick.
0: Why can't you talk like a I, normal I, person? I, I,
2: I
3: think we should probably plan on meeting uh three times a week. This is uh, going to take a while. So let me get my schedule book. Are uh, afternoons or mornings better for either of you? Don't you I've gone dare. back and forth on this. On the one hand, mornings get it out of the way early, allows you get your errands done. Lawyer!
0: Lawyer, I don't need a doctor. I need an appointment with a lawyer!
3: There's a lot of great divorce lawyers on the board. I got Attorney Mike Franklin ranked as my number one pick overall. But don't be surprised if I've already snatched him up before you get a chance to pick. In that case, I can see you going to a Burger and Green or possibly a coin and Richie or even someone from a smaller firm that might be able to... Yeah, I- oh my God, you shot him. I
0: couldn't take it anymore. Well, we- I just
3: couldn't we've take got, it. We've got to get him to a hospital, all right? Uh...
0: Cedar,
3: cyanide is one of the best available when it comes to treating <laughs> gunshot wounds. Yes. They got a high survival rate, they're comfortable
2: in high pressure situations,
3: and they got a great lobby. I- yeah. I like them. NFL draft today. Uh. And what a spectacle, the biggest yet. The NFL draft, live from the house that Jerry built in Dallas, the Enormo Dome, with the world's biggest television. I can't imagine they're going to draw more than 30,000 people, <laughs> but that's even a lot.
1: Last year, it was in Philly, right? At a theater? I do remember. It, it's traditionally been in Radio City Music Hall. That holds 6,000. And the Jets fans all go, yeah, it holds 6,000, but I don't think
3: they always sold it out. I don't know.
1: Would you go and sit at the draft all day? No, I
3: Hell wouldn't. Hell no.
1: No, but I'm a normal human being. Right.
3: Right. The uh, Common Heart, Pittsburgh Zone. the Common Heart, is going to be performing.
2: How cool.
0: On
3: the stage outside, there's so, a big party stage set up. So hopefully they'll end up on the NFL Network today. We'll talk with Dave Damashek live from Dallas, 930 this morning, but a lot of hockey on the way for you as we get for Tonight's Penn's Capitals game. Val's got your news when we return. Valerie, what are you talking about?
0: We're I'm going to, you know, talking about the draft, we're going to do, uh, I'm going to tell you about a draft drinking game.
3: I like You should be well like by the end of the night. <laughs> hey, you can win a pair of tickets to every single Penguins game this round against the Capitals by submitting a video telling us why you're the biggest Penguins fan in 60 seconds or less. Submit via YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Share the link with us via the online registration form at dve.com. Do it by Monday because the first game here in Pittsburgh is Tuesday. Do it now. Go to dve.com. Win tickets just for being a huge pence. It's
0: 39 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. President Trump's lawyer will assert his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in the lawsuit filed by porn star Stormy Daniels. In a new court filing, Michael Cohen explained he'll stay silent in the lawsuit because of an ongoing criminal investigation by the FBI and federal prosecutors. The FBI recently raided Cohen's office, home and hotel room, reportedly in connection to a $130,000 payment Cohen made to Daniels that payment was made to keep her quiet about an affair she claims that she had with president trump
1: now he's going to keep himself quiet (laughs) (laughs) i'm paying myself one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. i i'm just alarmed that guy shut up
0: it's crazy (laughs)
1: alarmed can't believe he shut up
0: hey uh keep it clean at work today Uh, it's take our daughters and sons to work day For 25 years, the Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work program has inspired children all over the nation. It's designed to be more than just a career day when a kid shadows an adult. It's meant to help children discover their passions. The theme for this year is Service Force, Agents of Positive Change. The Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Foundation says by bringing girls and boys together, we all contribute to creating a more equitable world at home, at school, and in the workplace you didn't want to bring your daughters in.
1: I mean they they don't like waking up when they actually have to go to school. So bringing them in here was like a no-go. One advantage of doing the mornings. Yeah. You won't have to do the bring your kids to work day. Yeah. I, I felt like it would it was incredibly unfair, borderline not acceptable to bring them in here. Well, you don't want them to see this life. You just yeah. don't. No, because they, they might only see, they might, you don't know how they see it. You they, don't. Could, they could see it and be like, this is the best. Or, Daddy's a clown. Yeah. <laughs> you want them to think well, that Well, they already think that. They know that. You can I li-
3: haven't been able to hide that. You'll never be able to lie to them about stuff if they come in here. About how
1: hard it is. <laughs> I, True. Daddy worked really, really hard today. Um, well, I said, able- <laughs> I told them I was working last night. They were like, you're watching a hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> it's work, that's what we're out of here.
0: In other kid-related news, Amazon is looking to make the Echo a useful learning tool for kids with a new Kids Edition. The new device will begin shipping May 9th. It comes with free time parental controls. The company says consumers that already have the device can get the same options with a free software update. One of the new features called Magic Word even works with children on manners like saying please when, Alexa, when they're giving Alexa commands or, or she won't respond. And if your kid says, I'm bored, she'll entertain them. It'll read books Watch. and play music.
1: No, uh, I don't no. like the "I'm bored" one.
3: I like
0: nope. the
1: "please" part. I
3: guess. Yeah, but. that's
0: good.
1: No, the "I'm bored" thing. Like kids today have no idea how to be bored, right? Or they think that or like,
0: invent games. They
1: think that being bored is an affliction that has to be <laughs> that has sure. to be solved immediately by their parents, and you, it's
3: not. I like what you always say about that. How you have become their like the f- cruise
1: director. Oh yeah. I am their fun broker. Yeah. They're like, what do you got lined up for us today, Dad? I'm like, nothing. You're <laughs> not booked. All right. Free time. Stare at the wall. I would have to say the two biggest glaring differences in
3: parenting between when I was being brought up and now that, and I don't have kids, but I hear about these two things all, all the time. That, that the helicopter parenting that occurs, and then college, because college now has become a completely different thing. Yeah. It used to be you could get into a bunch of colleges, and you could actually go. And now it's like, no, nobody gets into that college anymore. You'd be like, really?
1: And it's $40,000 a yeah, year. Yeah, also it's $80,000, yeah. and they
3: still, you still
1: can't get it. <laughs> right. What are you talking about? I, I'm, I'm so happy that the trades are coming back. Like, people are actually we, – we were talking to our buddy Mike about this, and – you know, they're starting there's A to,
0: desperate need for people in the trades. There's
1: a desperate right. need. And it's so much more practical. Yeah. You go right into a profession where you actually make money instead of thinking like, I remember when I started school, my dad always jags me off about this because I'm going to this liberal arts private school and he's like, Bill, this is a lot of money. I'm like, dad, one Best Buy commercial. This is all paid off. <laughs>
2: Best Buy commercial.
1: <laughs> you wanted to do a Best Buy. Oh, dude, commercial. I wanted to, I thought you know it was just going to roll in once they knew I was uh, a Hollywood Bond. Wait, did they get a load of me in Hollywood? Would have been great if you Pepper Run and I'm I'm good.
3: It would have been great, like uh, a little more poetic, if you used like Blockbuster or something yeah. that's gone out of business.
1: Dad, one West Coast video <laughs> campaign, and this is all paid off. Yeah, what are you worried about?
0: Uh, do we want to get right One to One Chee
1: Chees commercial.
3: And <laughs> look, some
1: things just never change, okay? Listen, I'm going to do an endorsement with the ground round. I know this is going to last. <laughs> Keep trucking, Val.
0: Uh, the NFL draft is tonight, and if you maybe are planning, if you're that into it, maybe you're planning a draft party, uh, I've got a drinking game for you. Okay. So take a chug every time you hear the word need or best player available. Need? Need.
3: Oh, dude, you'd be oh, hammered. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna, I, I'm telling you. You're going to need gonna, your stomach pumped.
0: expect to go to work tomorrow. Uh, whenever you see a player who's at the draft on a phone, Oh my, that's like everybody in the in, first- In the building. 20 picks. Will be on the phone. Uh, <laughs> right. Every time there's a trade.
3: Now that one, all right, you know I could see that's that. That's more rare. Yeah, you should have to do a shot for that.
0: When an announcer mentions Josh Rosen's hot tub in his dorm room, a fan base boos their own draft pick. If oh, any, I like that. Uh, a team's war room is shown celebrating- If an announcer describes a guy as a workhorse, has a high motor, is a student of the game, a leader, or a freak athlete.
1: I mean, you'd have to be Andre the Giant to drink for the draft (laughs) with this game. That's a lot. I'm not sure who made that up, but yeah, the...
0: Good luck with that.
1: All those things are like buzzwords that you hear every couple of minutes.
3: Maybe
0: you just take a drink of beer. You don't have to do a shot.
1: Well, nobody in Pittsburgh is going to turn on the draft until after the
3: Penguins game anyways, because the Steelers are picking so late.
0: Mm -hmm. So You'll be safe here.
3: You'll be safe. You'll already be drunk.
0: Uh, A couple quick movie (laughs) notes. Uh, The biggest movie at the box office right now is getting a sequel. Officials from Paramount said at CinemaCon that another A Quiet Place movie is in the works. Um, it has so far made $132 million in the U.S. alone since its April 6th release.
3: Can't be as good as, as everyone's saying.
0: I want to see it. I just haven't yet.
3: I heard it's super intense. Yeah. I did hear that, that it's like uh, on the edge of your seat kind of thriller thing because they don't talk for a long time.
0: Yeah, and she has a baby in the movie, doesn't she?
3: <laughs> so she, she has just... to be
0: quiet. shh,
3: <laughs> shh. Just the whole movie oh, is being nightmare. Don't they should have called it shush. How did they not call that movie shush?
0: shush. If it was made here, they would have <laughs>
3: shush. <laughs> if <laughs> it
0: was made
1: in Pittsburgh, that's what it would be up. called. Shush up.
0: <laughs> and Andy Muschietti, I'm not sure how you say his name, the director of it. He says it Chapter Two will be even more scary uh, than the originally told pre- uh, people to bring their adult diapers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they should hand them out as the... when you go in. That would be a great. Uh, the It reboot tool. was awesome.
0: I don't the, know if you guys saw it, but it no, was great.
3: The, scars guard, one of the Scarsguards in that, isn't he? Was,
0: he was the clown, the monster.
3: Yeah. The youngest, oh, that was him? The youngest Guard.
0: The first installment based on the Stephen King novel grossed $700 million worldwide. They haven't started filming yet, but it's set for a September 6, 2019 release. Partly sunny, 60 for the high today. It's 39 a DVE.
3: The one and only Rick Seaback joining us now live in studio to discuss the latest installment in the, in the Nebby series. And Rick, first of all, great to see you. Hey, nice to see you. Here's Always th- you? great to see you. The her. only mild disappointment is that this episode is not <coughs> not about food, so instead you brought books in. I, which... I, I, wait, I left the donuts up oh, there. On okay. The table. Oh, okay. You yeah. did Aww. bring
7: donuts. Right? And um, Andy from the Pittsburgh Smokehouse also sent you guys oh, yeah. um, bacon on a stick.
0: Oh, oh dude. wow. Dude. They
7: need to be zapped. But oh, all right on. Okay, we
0: can do that. Andy's a bad. We got
3: a zapper here. Do you need a glass of water? Or something? No, I'm good. I you think. Get your bottle of water. Uh, okay, so Rick, first of all, for those who are not up to speed, the Nebby series of right. uh, shows. Explain. Okay, so last year, just about this time, just we
7: about did a this time. Uh, Kickstarter mm-hmm. and raised one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars, I believe, um, for uh, seven shows. Yeah. We did six. We set a goal of one hundred and thirteen, and we we got enough to make an extra one. So we're heading for seven. This is number three. Okay. So we did Route eighty-eight. We did meat, and now we're doing people who've written books around here. All right, that's great. I now, love the meat one.
3: I do too. <laughs> okay, but, this one less tasty, but no less uh, interesting. Well, it's food just for f- thought.
7: Oh, look what he did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, uh,
3: <laughs> I see what you're doing. Yeah. Um,
7: <laughs> the uh, I, I I was I was inspired, I think, by this because of uh, a book by Stuart O'Nan. Called Emily Alone. It's about an old woman who lives in Highland Park, but I was—I picked it up, I think, at Half Price Books. I took it home and I started to read it. And in the first paragraph, she's coming down Braddock Avenue, heading for the Eaton Park at Edgewood Town Center. Mm -hmm. And I thought, like, "Whoa, I'm there!" Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought, you know, we don't get that feeling that often—that oh, I know every place that she's going. Mm -hmm. Um, And I read the whole book. It makes you totally realign the way you think about older women
0: oh you know, okay all the
7: all the complexity that, and all the factors that she's dealing with and her kids and all their problems and everything so uh
1: don't go down the slags does she ever say that to her kids in the book
7: no they're all they're all grown up and she's you know <laughs> that's great
3: don't go down um, the slags
7: but then i uh four years ago i read a book by tom sweaterlich um called tomorrow and tomorrow about pittsburgh after it's blown up by a huge atomic bomb <laughs> um, yes yeah it's called tomorrow tomorrow it's really great that doesn't ruin the book because the book happens 10 years after that happens oh, okay um and so that actually, was not a spoiler alert no it was a either. terrorist yeah. attack the largest terrorist attack in american history pittsburgh is blown up by a 50 megaton bomb um it's uh fenced off no one's allowed in and the incident is called pittsburgh and no one lives here hmm. but Everyone has the internet in their embedded in their head. Oh wow! Mm. When you're like a teenager, you get a cool. metal band put in your head, wow. and you see it through your eyes, and you can go into the archive. So you can go into Pittsburgh. That sounds cool. Because every yeah, place sounds is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And so, but he has a new book out called "The Gone World," that's about time travel, space travel, and solving a murder in Cannonsburg. So
3: Pittsburgh authors, basically, this is what this whole show is about. Exactly. And so, you know,
7: and I started saying, hey, there's so many of these great people writing books around here. Let's let's celebrate them, because
3: how much attention do they get? No, that's true. Well, not a lot. How many, like, would you say prominent Pittsburgh authors are currently working?
2: Oh, I would
7: have no idea of a number because, uh, I mean, I put a thing up on Facebook and all of a sudden people just unloaded everybody they expected to see in the show. And it'd be impossible. There's, I, we went to the book launch for this uh, Tom Sweaterlich book called The Gone World. And I said, I think everybody in this audience (laughs) is writing a book because they were coming up to tell me about, you know, their book. And um, we didn't even go into nonfiction. I just, I sort of concentrated on fiction and poetry because I never get to deal with those in my other shows.
3: Now, did this include like perks of being a wallflower, people who are from Pittsburgh, Michael Chabon stuff or? Well, you know, we had stuff like that, but I said, no, let's just go with
7: the six that we've interviewed. Um, I interviewed Michael Shabun in 1988 when Mysteries of Pittsburgh came out. And so I said, get that interview. We'll include parts of that. We didn't do any of that. No? No. No. In fact... He's mentioned in a couple of interviews, but I don't think we used any of that stuff.
3: I always I feel like stuff like this is important, and it, it only grows in importance. Like later on, like after these works are, are experienced and appreciated by by a full generation, to have this kind of of archive, yep. uh, reference it, it is you know <laughs> uh, invaluable. So like, oh my God, Rick Seaback did uh interviews with all of those authors in 2018.
7: Well, we just did six. I, that's the problem. This could be a show forever. Mm-hmm. There's right. so many people. So I which mean. six got the nod? Okay, so I mentioned Stuart O'Nan, Tom um a, a young poet who uh, was nominated for a big NAACP award in poetry last year called uh, Cameron Barnett. Um, a really cool husband and wife who both write books independent of each other. They don't write
3: together, but-
7: um, they live in Trafford. Uh, Lori Jaquila and Dave Newman.
3: Are and- those the guys that in the in the show? They're like uh, they're the couple. They're drinking wine. They have like a <laughs> a charcuterie played out exactly while they're 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 writing. That right. looked lovely. I was hey, like, well, look at them.
7: Actually, uh, it's funny. I mean, if you if you see the show, there's a little with the scene where we set them up. I said it's the best setup up scene of all time because mm-hmm. we just said, you know, we'll let Frank the cameraman just shoot you guys while you're in the kitchen, and they do like a little dance, you know. Dave opens the refrigerator. Lori gets the wine. Then he, she starts into the other room. No, then she has to go back and get something else. So it's really fun. Um, but I they, love
3: this. These guys just have a couple of pops and throw down some meats and cheeses, and they're writing. They're right. often writing.
7: <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, then we also do a little story about Willa Cather, who lived here for ten years, the great American writer of the Midwest. Uh-huh. And I, because they did a big international seminar here last year, and we shot some of that, some of their walking tours on the North Side. And uh, <laughs> I love the fact that the great novel of the Midwest, "O Pioneers," was written mostly in a small third-floor apartment or you know apartment room in Squirrel Hill. Really, oh, that's yes. hilarious. I mean, she lived here from 1896 till 1906, and then she went to New York to work on McClure's Magazine. But she kept coming back. When she had vacation, she would come back because she liked writing there and everything. So
1: Upstreet changed a lot. Yeah, Murray (laughs) Hill Avenue. She worked there.
7: You know, she lived there for a good five years, and then she kept coming back there for ten more years. Um, And then we also do a guy Osama Alomar who writes very short stories. They're they're barely longer than a poem. Um, He's from Syria. It's a form that's very popular in the Middle East. These little tiny stories.
3: And do they uh, have a name? Is it like? Something like sonnet or something?
7: No, no, they call them very short stories. Oh, wow. (laughs) They're (laughs) very specific. Okay. (laughs) That's the name of their genre. uh, That's fine. Um, Very short
3: stories.
7: (laughs) But he had to flee Syria uh, for political reasons, and he applied and got one of these grants that's given out by the organization called City of Asylum. Yeah, on the north side. side. Sure. And they give him a two-year writer in residency here. He has a place to live on Samsonia Way. And uh, he's writing a big novel now, of course, about the Syrian war. And uh, it was great to meet him over there. And who am I forgetting? Uh, I think you got everybody. I think so. Stuart. Yeah, Stuart, I well, mentioned first. Yeah. Stuart
3: Onan. Stuart Onan is the one I know. Of all the names you mentioned, that's the name I know. Like, how, how, um, six, I don't want to say successful uh, because that, that seems to be limiting, but like, how what, what are the sales for these? Like, what kind of recognition do these authors have nationally?
7: Um, I think it varies. It varies quite a bit. I mean, obviously Cameron Barnett for this uh, his his book of poems, "The Drowning Boy's Guide to Water," the NAACP put him on the national stage because he got nominated for that first book. He's a really young guy. He teaches uh, social studies and language arts at the Falk School in Oakland. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Laurie and Dave, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know their sales figures.
1: Are any of them bestsellers, like national bestsellers? No,
7: I don't know that there's a bestseller in the bunch. Um, I guess Stuart Onan probably comes closest to that. Um, Although Tom Sweaterlich's books, I think, I mean, they're science fiction, mystery thrillers, and I think uh, I've had so much fun reading them. I would recommend them to anyone, especially people who live around here that know some of the places.
3: Here's a clip from uh, tonight's installment of Nebby with Stuart Onan.
7: John Weidman, great Pittsburgh writer, says a book is a gift.
3: You know, no one tells the writer that they
7: have to write it. No one tells the reader that they have to read it. And yet somehow we make that leap and come together on that page, and it means something. It means something important to us. And for fiction, that's that's kind of magical. That's him. Good that's, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I felt like I was learning the whole time I was doing it. And uh, and having a ton of fun too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's
3: what's great about your work. Is I either get hungry or I feel smarter. So, <laughs> Rick Seebach, uh, I is appreciate it, it. Uh, tonight. Tonight at eight o'clock. No, <laughs> I know, com- which, yeah. I mean, forget the rest of this
7: program today. Right? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Um, you know what? It's so funny. I said, "How do we know this?" A, two months ago, we our schedules are set two months in advance. You don't know what's going to be. You know, oh. there's going to be a playoff game tonight. No, yeah. The, um, the Penguins post. But there is a schedule. repeat Monday night at seven thirty. And then no that, night at, game that night at 1230. So, um, and we'll put them up. We always, I don't know, it's our tradition that we wait till it broadcasts. We'll put a, the YouTube link and a link to QED's site right, cool. where you can watch it. Awesome. Well, good deal. Continued Excellent. success
3: to you, sir. I thank you so always much. Always good to see you. squeezing
7: me in on this very busy oh, day. no
3: problem at all. Uh, happy to do it. Okay. Uh, check that out if you're not into what else is going on tonight. And if you are, make sure you either tape it or watch the rerun on Monday night at 730. Rick, always a pleasure. I thank you so much. DVE Sports. Yeah, the DVE Morning Show, Mike it with your sports right now. Merry Christmas! What a day!
5: Bucks <laughs> this afternoon. Pens caps tonight. NFL Draft round one. Can't beat it. What else you got? Can't beat it. Pens and the Caps will play uh, at seven o'clock tonight, uh, kicking things off for the third consecutive postseason. The Penguins will do so in this series without. Evgeny Malkin and Carl Haglin, Mike Sullivan ruling both of those guys out for round one yesterday. Uh, Malkin, according to Mike Sullivan, was scheduled to make the trip to D.C. Carl Haglin was not. Captain Sidney Crosby knows that uh, the way to compensate for the loss of those two guys is going to be with a team effort.
1: You know, guys have to step up in, in different roles maybe, but um, I don't think anybody has to put too much pressure on themselves. I think collectively we can, uh, you know, find ways, and, you know, those are guys who are easier to replace, but um, you know, that's what we're faced with, so we need to make sure that collectively we come together and find a
5: way to do it. This will be the fourth time that Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin have gone head-to-head. Crosby's team is 3-0 and in those series. The Penguins are... Nine and one against the Capitals all time in playoff series, and uh, this just in: Derek Brassard will be facing the Capitals for the third time in the postseason. He has played 14 games against Washington. He has four goals, nine assists for 13 points in those 14 games. Two of his goals have been game winners. Derek Brassard has at least a point in eight of 14 games that he's played against the Washington Capitals in the postseason. Big game, Brass. We need you tonight. This is why he's here, right? Not that he's got to try to go out there and dominate the game, but uh, you know, do what you do at the right time. That and was, like you said, that was the best line in Game Five, right? That's what a lot of people said. Time to step up. It's going to be a lot on of fun. the road. I like your uh,
3: analysis earlier, though, that you know the Caps aren't probably going to be playing at the top of their game coming out of a series that both battered them emotionally and took a physical to-
5: or emotional toll as well. I think they're going to hit the gas tonight, and the car's going to cough and wheeze a little bit. Yeah, coming out so of if the you gate. can capitalize early. Not to, you know, they're going to be fired up to play the Pens yeah, in the sure. second round, and they're trying to win the cup too, but it, there are limits to what you can. Right. You're either at your best or you're at something less. I think they're going to be at something less tonight. So, good chance. Boy, would that be a big win for the Penguins to, to A, to get the home ice back right away and just put that big seed of doubt back in the uh, Everybody's head's down there.
3: Especially if you could beat them without Haglin and Gino. Like, hey, look what we can yeah. do without them. Wait till they come
5: back. <laughs> right. It's all, uh, all a part of it. I think all that stuff applies. Uh, Randy, you asked me last hour if the Caps are a better team this year than they were last year. Uh, the guys who played... By the way, I guess the way to ask that would have been, are they better suited to play the Penguins? Yeah. yeah. The guys who... Uh, played against the Penguins in Game 7 last year, who did not play in Game 6 against Columbus for whatever reason. Um, defenseman Michael Kempney, winger Brett Connolly, winger Jakur Verana, center excuse me, Senator Chandler Stevenson, winger Devontae Smith-Pelly, Defenseman Christian Juice and uh, right winger Alex Chason. Those were the uh, new additions guys who were not in Game 7 against Pittsburgh last year. Uh, the carryovers, all the familiar names. Matt Niskanen, Alex Ovechkin, Dmitry Orloff, Nicholas Backstrom, Lars Eller, Tom Wilson, Brooks Orpik, John Carlson, T.J. Oshie, Jay Beagle, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Braden Holtby. Yeah, we know these guys. We'll wait and see on Andre Berakovsky, who uh, is injured and didn't play, but he's uh still on the team. So they are formidable. They they had to do some salary cap trimming and uh they, they got rid of some pretty good players, particularly on defense.
3: Regular season they did pretty well against the Penguins.
5: Two and two. Which uh of goal, those two games did Murray play in both of those games? I don't know. But the goals scored were thirteen twelve in the four games. Okay. Washington had one more goal. So it's uh, it It is what it has been, I think. Penguins have had some significant departures as well. Benino and Kunitz and mm-hmm. uh, people of that ilk, and uh, they're still doing pretty well. And boy, what a second round we have. Uh, Pittsburgh against Washington, San Jose against Vegas, Winnipeg against Nashville, and Boston against Tampa. I cannot envision four <laughs> more compelling series. That was such an incredible game last night. Bruins seven, Leafs four. Isn't it I mean, funny how those game sevens, like sometimes they're buttoned down two ones, three twos. I thought it would be two one, three two. I, I couldn't believe that first period. It was,
1: but that's why Crosby said you can't let a team hang around because anything can happen in a game seven. I thought it was going to get away from the Bruins and they were going to lose, trailing four
5: three after forty minutes, and they found a way to get it done in the third. Um, the the rivalry part of this Pens cap series is a big deal for the fans and, and pretty much for everybody uh Cindy Crosby said it can't be that for the players it's it's going to be intense because it's the playoffs but they can't uh no pun intended uh, allow themselves to see red because of the history with Washington they, they tried to approach the Philly series that way understand that it's going to bubble to a boil but uh it's a means to an end it's not uh we got to beat this team because they're that team here's Crosby talking about that
1: you know, you see your divisional opponents and obviously the playoffs are intense anyway, regardless of playing, you know, rival teams. But when I think back to playing Columbus or, you know, games against other teams in the playoffs, they were pretty intense and and pretty emotional too and at their points where they, they got ugly at different points. So I mean it's, it's hard to compare, but um, I think when it comes down to it, you obviously have to find that balance and find that line of being engaged and intense, but also uh, being disciplined.
5: Yeah, rivalry creates some pretty uh, compelling storylines, and there are no shortage of those in this one, but that discipline. We well, heard Mike Sullivan talk about that a couple of days ago. Crosby talked about it yesterday. Got to stay out of the box, right? Mm-hmm. You can't lose your mind and go kill Tom Wilson because you hate Tom Wilson because you hate the Capitals. And they're going to try to draw you in. I would. I would assume Bill made the point yesterday. I couldn't agree with him more. There were hints in that Philadelphia series that the that the Penguins are not completely immune to that stuff. It used hmm. to be their fatal flaw. They fixed that, but it's still kind of they, they still got that chickenpox gene in them. You know, yeah. <laughs> it could it could pop There's up. There's still the some muscle memory. Yeah, they gotta they gotta guard against that, and and the guys that have to do it are some of their more experienced guys. You saw Gensel handle things the way he should. You saw Dominic Simone handle things the way he should. And you saw guys such as Kessel and Letang, experienced veteran guys who should know better, fall into that trap in the Flyer Series. Don't do it because Ovi's going to be in his office in the left circle. You don't want to be dealing with that. Guys are going to try to block that shot. And as Riley Shea Shea said, hope it hits a good part of the equipment. When Wait. Ovi winds up, there is no good part of the equipment. And the uh, series schedule is now set? It is. Uh, tonight and Sunday afternoon at 3 in Washington. Tuesday and Thursday in Pittsburgh. 7.30 on May the 1st. 7 o'clock on May the 3rd. Game 5, if necessary, would be Sunday, May the 5th. And, th- and then, uh, qu- oh, excuse me, Saturday, May the 5th. I got that wrong. Saturday, May the 5th. Monday, May the 7th, back in Pittsburgh for a, Game 6 and Game 7, if needed, Wednesday, May the 9th. I'll take pens in 7, and I will hold my breath making that prediction. NFL draft, the first round is tonight. Oh, yeah, buddy. Steelers have the 28th pick. They have glaring needs, a glaring need at inside linebacker and uh, a less glaring need but still an obvious need at safety. Mike Tomlin talked about how that stuff uh, affects what they do tonight on round one. What we've talked about, and I think it's the appropriate discussion, is uh, we're going to take the best player, whether it's
8: inside linebacker, or corner, or safety, or offensive lineman, and we have enough flexibility in terms of what we do to lean on the skill sets of the player that we acquire. And so, you know, there are different linebackers in this discussion that have different skill sets. Some of them are cover men, some of them are blitzers, some of them are zone droppers. Um, Whoever we end up with, whether it's linebacker or Offensive line or otherwise, we got enough flexibility in terms of what we do uh, to lean on the skill sets in which they 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 excel in.
5: I'm not sure if he made a Freudian slip there when he said linebacker or corner, but I had not been thinking corner since last season ended. I was thinking ILB or safety. Right, you got to get a Shazier replacement, and you need help at safety because Mike Mitchell left. Um, Corner is not; they're not exactly overflowing with great cornerbacks. Uh, Artie Burns is still kind of a you know, maybe. you Should be a little further along than he was at the end of last year. Joe Hayden's a short-term fix. Going the, into last year, ever I think everybody thought that Artie Burns was a finished product. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. And I did. Uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. he's, yeah. he's a dolphin. He's a dolphin. Um, uh-uh. The depth is is questionable. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to Mike Hughes from Central Florida, who is not a Power Five guy, but hey, he's from the national champions, so they say. He's coming here. if they CF. If they pick him, he's coming here with a national championship break. Yeah, they got rings. They gave their guys rings. Uh, another guy <laughs> I, I think that would be on their radar is uh, inside linebacker from Alabama, Rashawn Evans. Kinda I've sh- seen him on a lot of mock Shazier drafts. Shazier 2.0, Steelers. not as fast, not as polished. Uh, when I say not as fast, he refuses to run a 40-yard dash because he had a groin injury at the end of last year. Didn't run one at the Combine, didn't one run at Alabama's Pro Day. So speed, uh, are people wondering, about that, I think they can go corner on the first round with Hughes, and then there's a second rounder, coincidentally enough, from Ohio State named Jerome Baker, an inside linebacker who I think might slide to the second round to the Steelers. Uh, that's iffy if he would get that far down. But um, Mel Kuiper and uh, Todd McShay of ESPN did a mock draft. They did ten thousand of them. Uh, their latest one they traded picks, and McShay picked Mike Hughes. Also of Central Florida for the Steelers.
1: I love how Tomlin's like, "Look, we just want the best player available." Now, whether that's a corner or an inside linebacker or a safety or a <laughs> slot corner or an inside linebacker or an inside linebacker or a safety,
5: might, might even be an inside <laughs> linebacker. Uh, you know, they're going to get they're going to get some LBs and DBs in this thing by the time it's over Saturday afternoon slash evening. But uh, it's it's a question of the order. All right, you know. Speaking of the draft, Gene Collier
3: from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette is going to join us when we come back with his story—the all-time great story of the the <laughs> the uh, the the draft of anybody. If you can draft anyone, histri- everybody's on the board. All of history is in play. <laughs> well, Classic Gene does a much better job of describing that. He'll do so when we come back from the commercial break. fouls has got news at the top of the hour, Valerie.
0: Is Kiss calling it quits? We'll talk about it coming up. And you could win Pens tickets
3: to that Tuesday Thursday game at least at the at a bare minimum. Games 3 and 4 here in Pittsburgh by logging on to dbe.com. Send us a video 60 seconds or less tell us why you're the biggest Pens fan. And uh, use YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. upload the link online in our registration form at dve.com You have till Monday to enter, but you can get tickets two tickets to every game this series. Wow, it's pretty cool. well every home game this series. yeah, They're pretty cool. very cool. They're making it hard for us to, to get tickets for you there in DC <laughs> We definitely have the ones for you here in Pittsburgh. Go to dve.com It's the DVE morning show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford. Val Porter, and uh, joining us right now on the t te- on the TV on the television <laughs> on the telephone is what I meant to say. The one and only, the inimitable, Pulitzer Prize losing columnist from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, Gene Collier. Gino, good morning. morning. How are you, man? How
8: are you? How are you? Morning,
3: guys? Gene. Great to talk with you, Gene. And uh, you know, today with the NFL draft, about What's the to draft st- today. The draft is today. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Have you been so busy
3: covering the the uh, the pirates, you haven't uh, paid any attention to the NFL?
8: I can't find any draft coverage anywhere I go. It's unbelievable. <laughs>
2: but, I mean, is, is it a
8: little over the top? You think? I mean, I saw one mock draft where the the Steelers drafted a third baseman. I mean, that's how many of those <laughs> there are. <laughs> <laughs> but Gene,
3: we wanted to uh, call on you today to uh, ask you to go uh, back into the the archive here of Gene yeah. Collier's stories because this in well, the Wayback Machine. Every time I contemplate the NFL draft, I will forever think of this story that you ha- that you tell about uh, your early days as a reporter and right. s- sitting around with a other uh, a bunch of other of your contemporaries, and I'll let you take it from there.
8: Well, sure, yeah. The conceit of this story, of course, is that mistakes will be made um today uh for example uh, ryan leaf was a first round pick tom brady was a six-round pick you know the the pittsburgh correlation is jermaine stevens was a first round pick antonio brown was a six-round pick so mistakes will be made Mm
2: -hmm. and the thing
8: the thing that always annoyed me so much about the draft was that you know just the smugness of the people who go to the podium and announce their pick it's like everyone except for the first guy will always say, we can't believe this guy was still available. Well, that's code for, <laughs> And that's code for everyone else He's an idiot. Know. <laughs> so uh, in this story, you know, the uh, the situation was that, you know, we were bored to, bored to tears covering the draft. It was an Eagles draft, which back when I first started. And the Eagles in that area had always traded all their draft picks. They might have a second-round pick. They might have a tenth-round pick. They traded everybody else. So you were there all day and all night. It was really nothing to do, and we'd eaten everything we could get our hands on. And uh, somebody came up with this idea, and it was a great idea. So let's have our own draft, a uh, mock draft. Uh, the the thing is, you're drafting for a football team, but you can draft anybody who ever lived in the entire history of the world. All the statesmen, all the military people, all the people who uh, play well in space, John Glenn, Alan Shepard, those people. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, take 15 minutes, think of everybody who ever lived, and we'll start. And then, of course, we had to have a draft order, your first, your second, your third. Uh, and then you had, there were the ground rules. You had to go to the podium, uh, say your pick, and explain your pick. So, you know, as I go, as I think of this story years out, I, I think it was it was really great that the first pick went to a guy named Ray Dittinger, uh, of the Philadelphia Then of the Philadelphia Bulletin, because people really respected him, um, and he was a great football guy. Uh, He went on to work for NFL Films for like 25 years. You know, he wrote the Eagles Encyclopedia. He's written a play about Tommy Tommy McDonald. He was Tommy McDonald's presenter at the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's nobody better, you know, to buttress this idea than Ray, the first pick, Lending
3: legitimacy to it all.
8: Gravitas, exactly. So Ray goes up there after 15 minutes, and, you know, we're all pretty eager to hear this. And he goes, well, the, the Eagles selected the first pick, Ben Franklin. <laughs> and he said, Ray, come on. It's anybody who ever lived. You pick Ben Franklin. He said, hey, hey, he's he's an offensive tackle out of the University of Pennsylvania. You can build around. They built a nation around the guy. <laughs> so so, okay, uh, the second pick was Genghis Khan. He was a linebacker out of Mongolia State. Uh,
2: you
8: know, he could go sideline to sideline. Uh, I, had, I had the third pick. I took Attila the Hun. I said, that you talk about setting the edge. I mean, this guy will get some penetration.
2: <laughs>
8: <laughs> so with the fourth and fifth picks, I can't remember them, but I'll never forget the sixth pick because of the sixth pick, belong to a guy named Ray Kelly of the Camden, Camden paper. Ray goes up there and says the Eagles select with the sixth pick of the NFL draft, Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> that he's a quarterback out of Galilee Tech. The kid, he works miracles. <laughs> he, sees, he sees the whole field. And smart. You should see the Wonder Scores on this kid,
2: (laughs) you know. Now
8: we've heard out there that he can't throw the deep ball, but look, I'll tell you this: not only can he throw the deep ball, he can go and catch it. (laughs) 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 And then he said, "Of course." We can't believe he was still available. Remember that. Remember that one as you watch the draft today. Jesus lasted until the sixth pick. That's right. What are we looking at here? What are we talking about today? The
3: NFL draft. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus went sixth, Antonio Brown, sixth round. There's inequality, and it is an inexact science at best, Gene.
8: Thank you, Randy. That's the only point I'm trying to make here today. Gene Collier of the Pittsburgh
3: Post-Gazette. Gene, uh, were you in attendance at the uh, Bucko game yesterday, the first one?
8: I was there. Uh, I got there in the fourth inning of the first game and left in the fifth inning of the second game. So, yeah, guilty. Yes. That's a game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I saw you in the stands.
8: Well, yeah. Uh, you know, Sometimes there are foul balls I think I can get to now because there's nobody there. You know, every every foul ball sets off, you know, the pen relays.
3: Is, is it more of a the foul ball uh, elicit more of a, I'll get it, response from people? <laughs>
8: Yesterday, for some reason, there was some group, I, I imagine a school group or a scout group or something, and they were sitting in the upper deck in what must be uh, section like 398 and 399. They were practically in the Allegheny River, right? But there were several hundred of them. And it looked like there were more people in that section than there were in the rest of the ballpark combined. (laughs) That's the kind of crowds they're getting.
3: Yeah. Uh, You know, you sit wherever you like. You know, that's an all-you-can-eat section, though, right, isn't it? uh, Is that where that is? That might be why they're all
5: out there.
8: Yeah, I got to get out there. Yeah.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't understand why people don't find Tigers Pirates at 5 in the afternoon in the rain compelling.
8: I don't know, Mikey you know, what can you do for people, really? As Yogi Berra once said, if people don't want to come to the ballpark, you can't stop
3: them. Gene Collier of the (laughs) Pittsburgh (laughs) Post-Gazette. Thanks, Gino. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. DVE. It's
0: 38 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. And, yes, uh, news about Dr. Ronnie. He (laughs) is out. He has officially withdrawn his nomination to head the Veterans Administration. Uh, He said it's becoming too much of a distraction for the president. All the hubbub and accusations and now he's going to go have a drink, maybe. I don't oh know. My <laughs> time for the candy man to
3: bow out. The one real tragedy there is now we lose the party celebrating his uh, <laughs> being confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Imagine what that would have been like. That dude, Just pills falling <laughs> falling from the ceiling like New Year's Eve balloons. Confetti.
3: Everything would have been fine. He would have had a nice, distinguished career with no blemishes on his Wikipedia search or his uh, Google search. You know, his kids could have forever Googled their dad and not worried about a thing. And now,
1: he's Doctor Feelgood. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if any of the scandals were that scandalous. He was just not exactly the most qualified. To, yeah. to he didn't have any management experience. I mean, the doling out Vicodin, uh, you know, perks, perks and yeah. stuff like
3: that. Not the best look. The ambient. I, I think that's just part of traveling. If you're in the, you know. The 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 group of people on Air Force One going anywhere or anywhere. that's just being a good travel buddy. Yeah, right. right. That's just <laughs> hooking somebody up. But uh, being loose with uh, opioids, especially in the midst of an opioid crisis. Yeah, and then being tasked with being the administrator in charge of the second biggest bureaucracy in the government. Probably not. The symbiotic, they and don't go the, hand in hand.
0: The article I read in the New York Times said he wrote prescriptions for himself, which I guess you're not allowed to do that. W- Maybe I don't. You're know. not. I don't. I didn't know that, but they brought it up, so I'm assuming that was a bad thing. I would think don't be the mind if I do.
1: Biggest yeah, one for
3: you,
0: one prescription uh, for you, do for me. <laughs> great <laughs> perk.
1: Yeah, great perks. I think he he got the job because he told Trump he would live till he was two hundred. If he didn't eat so much meatloaf and drink so much Diet Coke. And he lied about his weight and
3: said he was just under the threshold for obese. Ob- yeah, obesity. You'll be perfect to head the VFW. Life's ruined.
1: <laughs> the VFW.
3: <laughs>
0: Dr. Ronnie seems like a fun guy. You know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, the VA is, is much different. He could be a great
1: VFW.
0: He could run guy. a VFW. Yeah, that's what
1: I'm Hands down. That VFW uh, membership would go way up. Thinking of parties.
0: Kennywood season pass holders will have the run of the place this weekend as the amusement park opens exclusively for them this weekend. Kennywood kicks off its 120th season, April 28th at 11 a.m., allowing pass holders to try the new skyrocket before the general public does. According to an article in the Post-Gazette, workers are still clearing the site of the log jammer. They haven't said what's going to be built in that spot. And the old, wood, uh, the old Kennywood Railroad is changing. It's going to be Thomastown. Uh, like with Thomas and Friends, yeah, and Laughing Sal won't be there anymore. She'll be in the park, just Where? not. at Where are at they the going to put that well, creepy have, laughing lady? You have to find it.
3: They just—that's why Sally Wigan retired from Channel Four. She's just going to go out and sit <laughs> in a box and laugh.
0: Laughing <laughs> <laughs> laugh would- Sally. Oh oh oh, 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 oh! She's just going to say, "That's funny." That's. Funny. Kennywood opens to the public, the general public May 5th, and daily operations begin May 24th. I couldn't believe
3: just have her just sitting in a box there.
1: <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> I... I saw a, an article about some of the construction they're doing uh, at Kennywood the other day, and I I couldn't believe the pictures. That the park was completely torn up. Mm-hmm. Like down right down the middle, like over where that train is, that's like the the center of the park, mm-hmm. and it's all ripped up and they're repaving things and it's so weird to look at that one end of the park where the racer is and not see the logjammer, you know yeah. that big uh legionnaire water slide. <laughs> <laughs> let's see you better just always pray you don't get a gulp
3: <laughs> of that.
2: <laughs>
0: Prosecutors expect to file more charges against the alleged Golden State killer. Joseph James DeAngelo was arrested Wednesday morning, accused of a dozen murders, 45 rapes, and more than 100 home burglaries between 1976 In 1986, the crimes took place up and down the coast of California. D'Angelo was identified through DNA evidence after the cold case was reopened. Uh, Investigators say they found the needle in the haystack living in plain sight in the Sacramento suburbs. Investigators say the 72-year-old is a former police officer who may have committed some of the crimes while working as an officer. Prosecutors say he's being held on suspicion of at least four murders, but as I said, they expect about uh, a dozen. They suspect him in a dozen. Golden State Killer Case was the subject of a best-selling book released this year called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, and uh, Patton Oswald's late wife, Michelle McNamara, wrote that book. She died unexpectedly in 2016, and she pinned the crimes on this guy in her book. It's incredible. Yeah, Yeah, it was published. Amazing story. Last month, after the news broke, Patton Oswald tweeted, "I think you got him, Michelle. She is a true was a true crime author and was a person who gave the serial killer the name Golden State Killer. Patton says he would like to meet him, not to gloat or gawk, but to ask questions that she wanted answered.
3: He was Instagramming and tweeting out his journey yesterday because I guess he flew from LAX to Sacramento, Mm -hmm. and he was just talking about you know. That whole journey that started with her researching all of this long ago, writing the book, obsessed with
1: it. She died before it was finished.
3: Yeah, he wrote the uh, you know what do you call the end of the book? Post the epilogue or epilogue? Yeah, whatever. And yeah, because the book wasn't completely finished. And then for her to have actually found out who it was It is remarkable I don't know that this has ever happened before Where somebody like just independently goes out And finds the real killer mm-hmm. And then the cops give credence to that Because a lot of times they're resistant To anybody right. doing anything like that Investigators don't want somebody like Gumming up the works But this was like a cold case At this point
0: Yeah they. I read in the LA Times they had 8,000 Suspects over the years
1: Oh my That's
3: crazy. 8,000 Yeah
1: I, I, re- I was reading up on her. I bought that book yesterday, and she became completely obsessed with true crime when she was a, t- a teenager, fourteen yeah. years old, because she, well, her neighbor was murdered while she was out walking her dog, and it was an unsolved mystery for the rest of her, you know, young young life, and yeah. she was just like just became obsessed with the Golden State Killer, and then would spend just hours and hours, days and days on like the minutia of it. Like she tracked down these cufflinks that were not even belonging to the killer, but they were sold in some garage sale and it was something that he stole for, because this guy would would kill people or yeah. or or commit a rape and then and then rob them. Yeah. And yeah, he-
0: I'm like I'm fascinated with true crime stories too, but I don't really I didn't really know much about this guy.
1: No.
3: No. But I don't know if there's any of those around here, if there's anything quite like that on in the East Coast. No. But a remarkable set of circumstances here yeah, that led to this sure. guy finally being caught.
0: There are some people who believe, you know, the two young guys who just disappeared from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, and there are people who think that they're victims of this smiley case, a uh, smiley face killer who has people suspect is responsible for the disappearance and murder of a lot of young men really yeah
3: oh man i don't know that's just it's hard to believe in this day and age with as many cameras and as much surveillance as there is that anybody can get away with anything
0: well and they said this guy's crimes were 1976 to 1986 what's he been doing since then
3: he was a he was a a uh, cop wasn't he
0: he was yeah
3: he was a nice neighbor, they said, who sometimes would get into
1: shouting matches and swear, but uh, mostly was a good guy. Well, he hadn't committed a crime, they said, for years and years and years. And then he got, he committed a crime. He was like stole something.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He
1: committed some kind of, he, he stole like hammers. He shoplifted something? Yeah.
0: Pretty fascinating, though. Crazy. Uh, We talked last week, Randy, when you were off, uh, Bill and I talked about how exorcisms have increased so much that priests are now doing them over the phone.
3: Oh, wow. (laughs) Drive-through exorcism. Uh, Yeah. And
0: now Pope Francis is praising exorcism as a way to fight against evil. He's like, yeah. Get a good old exorcism going. Skype, <laughs>
1: his, Skype one if you have to. At
0: his weekly address in Vatican City yesterday, the Pope urged Christians to drive out evil and promoted baptism as a way to exercise demons. He also advocated prayer as a way to exercise evil, but warned that there's no quick fix. You know, pretty but soon. He's, he's all for the exorcisms.
3: Amazon is going to offer this, and Alexa, <laughs> you can just ask Alexa for an exorcism, and everything <laughs> and <laughs> will get taken care of.
0: Don't joke. It might happen. No, I'm
3: not even kidding. Alexa, please perform an exorcism on my cousin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or you can, like, grab The power of Christ compels you. (laughs) The power of Christ compels you. It just starts shouting out of your speaker.
0: Uh, In music news, uh, Gene Simmons is pondering a day when Kiss will eventually have to call it quits. In a recent interview, he said the band will eventually launch a farewell tour because... Well, they just can't keep doing this forever. Rumors of KISS putting away the makeup kits forever began in February when the band filed an application to trademark the phrase the end of the road. As of now, there's been no official word on a farewell tour. Uh, Gene also recently announcing that Paul Stanley will be taking part in his vault experience in Las Vegas on May 26th. Some other uh, former members of KISS have joined Gene on his vault experience stops. So how does Paul Stanley feel about that? You know, Gene does
5: whatever Gene does and more power to him. Maybe I'm a little more select, you know. But in any case, I'm going to do one of his faults. He's like my bro. We're family, and I give him as much license as he needs. Give him enough rope to hang himself. (laughs) Whoa. That
1: that took a turn.
0: And... Uh, a source close to the band says they are planning a major tour that would go uh it would extend to beyond 2019.
1: So yep. when is the end of the road? <laughs> I don't know. By the way, I thought Boys to Men had trademarked that. No? Guess not. Uh, yeah, I guess not. I thought
3: all right, so they're not going on a world tour? They
0: or- they are planning one. They've got a few select dates, you know, Paul's doing some solo stuff and other, you know, Jeans doing this Vault experience thing, but a source says they are planning a major, major tour. We shall see. Uh forecast today, partly sunny, sixty for the high. We're at 39 now at DVE.
3: They just find a way to stay relevant all the time. They find a way to get their name in the news and I mean market themselves. They're, they're the best. Brilliant at it.
0: marketing. Yeah.
3: By the way, our DVE Halloween party this year, Alice Cooper. A paranormal evening with Alice Cooper, Friday, October 26th at Stage AE. It's an indoor show. So that's like half the house that he usually plays at Stage AE. So
0: I think it'd be cool to see him in such a small setting. Totally, dude. I mean, this is an
3: intimate evening with Alice Cooper. It's the DVE Halloween party and it's uh, Friday, April 27th. Tickets going on sale. That's tomorrow, 10 a.m and the show is going to be Friday, October 26th. So
0: Friday night, yeah, blow it out, get a right. hotel room on the North Shore. Yeah,
3: blow it out. It's a hell of a Halloween party we have for you, Alice Cooper. All right, joining us right now from uh, the world's biggest podcast, Barstool Sports, pardon my take, co-host, PFT commenter joining uh, the show right now
4: to talk about the Pens Cap Series. Good morning. How are you, PFT? Good morning, guys. I, I was going to say thanks for having me on, but then I kind of realized that, you inviting me on this show as a Caps fan onto Pittsburgh radio is just basically like I'm the ugliest person in your high school, and you're inviting me to homecoming as a joke, just to <laughs> laugh at me secretly. <laughs> no, so you probably wouldn't have me on the air if you took me seriously as a threat. So I should be quite insulted, but I'm not because I'm pretty fired up. See, this is
3: interesting. I like how you have mentally processed this that we are somehow pulling the that we are metaphorically brushing the dandruff off of your
2: shoulder <laughs> right now. Yeah.
4: Yeah, you guys are alphaing me right now by having me on the radio, so, yeah. uh, so good job. But you know what? The fact that I realize that I'm being alpha makes me the true mental alpha. So. It does. It do- it relegates That's us true. to
3: beta right away because it backfired.
4: Yeah, so as an alpha, I just want to say that uh, I think that you guys are totally screwed in this series, <laughs> and I've said that in the past, and I know I said this last year on your radio program, and I think I said the year before on your radio program, and I've probably said it uh, like nine out of the last 11 times that the <laughs> Penguins have played the Capitals in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and I've been wrong about it. Right. Um, but I'm actually I'm dangerously confident right now.
3: Okay, so that, that was the first thing I wanted to get into was your strategy, your mental strategy as a Caps fan, how you mm-hmm. were going to process, once again, having to get past Sidney Crosby and the Penguins in order to legitimize Alexander Ovechkin.
4: Yeah, my process mentally involves drinking a lot of alcohol, involves a lot of self-deception and lying to myself, and basically compartmentalizing a lot of my true feelings until they explode after I end this series in disappointment yet again. But right now, I'm feeling really good. I Actually, I've done my research on this Penguins team. I don't think that they're as strong as they have been in the past, but... More importantly, I don't think that this Capitals team is as good as it's been in the past. So last year, wow. we were wagging. We were running through everybody. We were, we, you know, this is not a president's trophy-winning team here. This is a team that has had to rely on, uh, on being worse and still finding a way to win. So sure. the fact that we're worse right now in the playoffs actually makes me believe that we're putting ourselves in a better position.
2: <laughs> yes, that's a great point.
3: None of the pressure of having won the president's trophy on you this year. Hmm.
4: Exactly. That does it, it. weighs heavily on you, but I, I, I want to open your eyes to something, and okay. that's uh, the the scheduling of Game One and Game Two. So Game One, Gary Bettman, in all of his wisdom, is putting it right up against the NFL Draft. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> no one's even going to notice all the fake calls that that Sidney Crosby doing, oh. and, and how he's got his finger on the scale for the for the pig. It's like Debbie Wasserman Schultz when she was scheduling uh Hillary's debates going up against like Alabama LSU and uh and Oklahoma and all that all that crap. So like Gary Bettman's very aware and then game 2 is going to be going up against LeBron James if that series is still going. So I just want to make you guys aware of the fact that like the fix is very clearly called in mm. for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So it's it's really Washington against the world, which is if you look at global affairs right now, it's kind of how things are going.
3: It is true. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Uh, or Cap- capitals first. So d- you uh, you do endorse the Ted Leonsis claim that the league has conspired to allow the Penguins to win championships.
4: Listen, when you've been this bad in the playoffs for this long, you have to take your mind into some dark places. So, yeah, I, I 100% back that up. But, I mean, like, l- let's be real. You guys are a historically great franchise, but right now you're going up against, well, you, you guys follow the true Pittsburgh model, which is like you don't really fire people ever, even if they're bad at their jobs, because eventually everybody gets good at their job. That's right. But, but you're going up against a, a lame duck coach in Barry Trotz, okay? Everyone knows that, that he's going to get fired, uh, and that means actually that he's playing with nothing to lose. He's coaching. He's like John Wick. Okay, he's like he's like you killed Barry Trotz's dog and his wife died, so he, he doesn't he doesn't care. You have all the job security in the world, which is a kiss of death as far as I'm concerned. Because life, there's no guaranteed contracts in life. Okay, R- yeah. Barry Trotz is going to go just just ape out there throwing weird lineups and lines that don't really work together, and he's not going to care. You guys aren't going to know what's. going You're not going to be able to prepare for a guy that doesn't know how to prepare.
3: <laughs> this is you're real. I hadn't thought of it that that way. Uh, you know, if Genny Malkin is hurt, right? So do yeah. you, do you think that Malkin is really hurt, or did Vladimir Putin order him to be hurt so that Ovechkin could finally win one? <laughs> As you know, they're both they're both hashtag Team Putin.
4: Vladimir is is poisoning uh, Evgeny Malkin. Is that what we're going with the polonium? Yeah. No, 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 no. no. He,
3: he's threatened to poison him if he didn't uh, fake the injury.
4: Okay. Well, I think I think that that's a good strategy, but Washington could could counterattack with that, or, or the United States could counterattack and ship Ronnie Jackson up there to be the Pittsburgh team position <laughs> and get them all stitched up before that's, the game starts. That's so, true. This is a great, I, yeah. Listen, I, I've long maintained that Malkin is the true trader and that he is the one that's kind of leading the team boot in charge, and Ovechkin's just along for the ride because Ovechkin really, you can convince Ovechkin to do basically anything as long as you give him a handle of vodka. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so uh, last week a video went viral where forward, Brett Connolly was, was trying to give a puck to a little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh and, uh, you know, he, he she kept missing it, or the other kids kept getting it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. She, she finally got it. The video went viral, and it was uh, adorable. Ted Leonsis invited her to watch the next game with him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering what you think of Mario's plan to uh, uh, just fill the entire front row for the games here with adorable little girls, just to distract Brett Conley.
4: That's actually a really good plan. That's that's a great plan. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's any way that we can we can uh, how do you like counter that around that? Yeah, you don't you don't you don't counter that. Maybe um, I don't know. Maybe that's that's going to be good for us because you guys will just have a bunch of delay game penalties because you will just be firing fucks left <laughs> and right over the glass <laughs> with these cute little girls. She is the best though. I, I saw her before game. Uh, I think it was game five in D.C. and she's honestly just like the cutest little girl that you've ever seen. She was, she was, like, so positive about what happened to her. She was like, I was happy that the boys got a puck, but I was sad that I didn't get one. She was just, like, the, the best part. She, she's a good luck charm. She's a rally squirrel.
3: Um, a rally squirrel. I like that. Let, I, listen to you. Somebody has melted your heart. This is, uh, this is a new side of PFT.
4: Well, that's it. When you're a Caps fan, you, you have to focus on stuff that takes place off the ice because <laughs> you're going to drive yourself crazy if you look at the stuff that takes place on it.
1: Do you have your rally Jenko jeans?
4: So I got rid of the real clutch jeans, is what we called them. The clutch jeans last year, they were like (laughs) quadruple (laughs) wide-leg jeans. And I wore them for a couple overtimes, and we won when I had them on. And then uh, we went on like a three-game. Here's the thing about Caps games uh, that you guys are going to need to prepare yourself for. They all go to overtime. Every single game goes (laughs) to overtime. And so we lost like three OT games in a row last year and i uh, may have urinated on them and lit them on fire and thrown them into the trash so those are those are gone i i've got my clutch jinko jorts, jorts, which i'm waiting that's like the brick glass in case of emergency if we're down if we're down 3 nothing uh then i'm going to wear those for game 4 jinko
3: jorts, are those like i i mean are those just like wide shorts
4: yeah, it's like, um, have you ever been to a wedding in the state of Florida? <laughs> it's, it's Jacksonville formal. Oh, oh okay. Well, that's, that's a good way
3: to, to, uh, to contextualize it. PFT commenter from uh, Pardon My Take podcast, Barstool Sports, Pardon My Take. So uh, how many goalie changes will we see from the Capitals? Are you guys set now? Don't, don't start with that. We got
4: Hopey. Hopey's standing on his head. Is, is, uh, what's his name? Matt Murray? Is he standing on his head?
3: Uh, he doesn't have to. That's not his style. He's a a stay-at-home guy.
4: It's not his style to be good?
3: (laughs) To stand on his head.
4: Yeah. So, Matt, I was actually looking at pictures of of the Penguins starting lineup yesterday, just trying to, like, find weaknesses in their facial appearance. And Matt Murray stood out because he looks like that kid from Silicon Valley got addicted to huffing glue. I'm not <laughs> scared of that guy.
3: He's not a middle tech esque There's no way.
4: <laughs> you know, he's got a weak glove
3: guy. side. You know, the, the, everybody says go low glove side on uh, Matt Murray, but you know he's been working on that a lot.
4: I think it was a great strategy on on Trotz's part, although he did do it unintentionally to start Grubauer. Um, and have Grubauer just get lit up for two games because he was just like pacing on the bench like a tiger, saying, "Let me into this game, let me go." So then he got in there and he was good from that point out. And that's that is a coaching maneuver that you don't get if you have a competent head coach. <laughs> so right? if, if you
3: guys go down two games to nothing in this series, that is because Trotz is conspiring to inspire one of his players.
4: Yeah, he's, okay. yeah, he's unconventional. And as we learned from the last series, two nothing is the most dangerous series lead in sports. Capitals <laughs> proved that to you by by choking away a couple games that they led to nothing. But then the Blue Jackets choked away the whole series that they led to nothing. So watch out for, and, and you know what? Like, this is our Stanley Cup playing against the Penguins. I'll admit it in, in years past I would have ignored that. I would have said that you know, okay, you know, the Penguins are just another team. We got to get through them and then play another series and play another series. But this is this is the Washington Capitals Stanley Cup. I know not, it sounds really, really sad to say it, but it is. It's like beating Germany in World War. Not that you guys are Germany. Not that you guys
3: That's are. going Say you have a hour as your goalie.
4: <laughs> Not that you're necessarily the Germans in World War II, but yeah. So we, you were the big opponent. Then we had to mop up some funny business out, actually in the Pacific, which is very similar. So this is this is this is our Stanley Cup. If we win the series, I don't care if we win anything else. I'm gonna have I'm gonna organize a, a parade. Just gonna be a bar crawl that's gonna go to every like green turtle in D.C. But it's gonna be a parade.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you have done the rationalization that fans do, where you don't need the Stanley Cup, you just want to win. Against the Penguins, and then the rest will take care of itself?
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's like the miracle on ice. People forget that we still had to go <laughs> through one of those weird Scandinavian teams. after <laughs>
2: That's
3: very true. Uh, PFT commenter, Barstool Sports, last thing I have for you uh, is the draft is today. What, what do you think will be the biggest surprise of the NFL draft?
4: Um, well, I'm telling you, I, I, I was thinking Josh Allen was going to go number one, and then I woke up this morning and saw... There, he, he's in some hot water over some tweets that he had when he was like 12 years old. So I don't know if he's going to go number one anymore. The, the funny thing is when he came into our studio, I, I went back through his Twitter history because I was going to like try to bust his balls about, you know, stuff that he had tweeted out when, when he was like, you know, 12, 13, 14. And I didn't find any of this stuff for some reason. So no. I, Really this is on me. I could have saved Josh Allen, you know, probably millions of dollars, but I <laughs> didn't because I was neglectful in my duty as a PR one oh one advice giver. So um I don't know I don't know if I'm in a qualified position right now. Here's here's my hot take. I am very excited to see how many seconds Roger Goodell is good for. You should be able to bet on it like it's the uh it's the over under in the national anthem and I'm going thirty seconds.
3: Oh, okay. I like wow. that. That's 30 seconds is uh, substantial. So, yeah, the Josh Allen thing reminds me of, because, you know, this story of it breaking He offensive tweets from when he was in high school. It's kind of like that guy whose stepdad released the uh, video of him, uh, sp- like, hitting a bong mask right before the yeah. draft.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the bigger issue with smoking weed out of a, a gas mask bong is that that's stolen valor, and that's technically <laughs> you're wearing a military uniform. So, I mean, you've got the troops on. They always bring the troops out on stage two for the draft. So, like, that's spitting in their faces. So I can understand why that would be sure. more of a problem.
3: Right. Well, yeah, insight like no other from PFT Commander Barstool Sports, Pardon My Take, podcast, co-host, and uh, our, our regards to Big Cat, man. Thanks for joining us this morning.
4: All right. I would say good luck, but I don't mean that at all. I wish you all the worst of luck possible. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. TV. What a day! What a day! The sun is
3: shining, the draft is this afternoon, tonight in Dallas, the pens and the caps get going, the Buckos are playing ball. What more could
5: a sports fan ask for, Mike? Good thing we don't have a basketball team. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how we'd fit it in. Sports this hour brought to you by BobbyRayhall.com. It is game one tonight, pens and caps, 7 o'clock from Capital One Arena. In the heart of Washington, D.C. Great location. couple Irish bars right nearby.
3: Can't get there, though, if you don't have a ticket because uh, it's harder than ever, apparently.
5: Pens fans are resourceful. They'll figure it out.
3: They always do. Nothing greater than that chorus of Penguins fans on the National Portrait Gallery steps outside of uh, Capital One Arena. Jeering! Oh my God! If you're a Washington fan, how do you handle that? How does how does somebody not rampage? Yeah, through that group of Penguins fans, I don't think they're going to have to worry about it tonight. I, I really think the Penguins are going to have a tough time, even if they were at full strength. I think they'd have a tough time with this Capitals team this year. It's a good and Capitals team, but it's always been that. No Malkin, no Haglin. What, don't show up? Defense has been a little shaky. I'm just preparing myself, Mike. Yeah,
5: you're making but, some excuses in advance. Yeah, I like to be set, pleasantly surprised. Set the stage for failure He's to try to rationalize, himself. rationalize yeah. it ahead of the fact. And then mm-hmm. if you win, say, we're the greatest.
3: Yeah, I'm not giving the pep talk before the game to the team here. You know, That's good. Yeah.
5: That's good. You can't do any worse than you did last year. Right. We got the the complete schedule last night after Boston outlasted Toronto 7-4. to in Game 7 of that uh, Eastern Conference quarterfinal. What a Game 7. Uh, the schedule now uh, will feature the Penguins in the Caps tonight and Sunday afternoon in D.C. Tuesday and Thursday in Pittsburgh. It's 7.30 on Tuesday, 7 o'clock on Thursday. Game 5 uh, will be Saturday, May the 5th. Game 6, Monday, May 7. And Game 7 would be Wednesday, May the 9th. Randy, you mentioned uh, the defense Last year, Game 7 against the Caps, Penguins had uh, Ruedel, Mata, Schultz, Dumoulin, Cole, and Hainsey as their top six. This year, they're going to start with Ruedel, Mata, Schultz, Dumoulin, Alexiak, and Latang. So when you take out Cole and Hainsey, are you better or worse or the same when you add in Alexiak and Latang? That's a real good question. The proper response is, well, how's Latang gonna play? Are we because talking it, three assists, Latang? If he plays well, you're better. <laughs> if he's uh mm-hmm. minus three, like he was in game five, or if he's taking dumb penalties when you're trying to protect a one-goal lead in the third period, that might get problematic. But uh we shall see. We know the Penguins won't have Evgeny Malkin and Carl Hagelin, at least not for game one tonight. Mike Sullivan confirmed that yesterday. But defenseman Justin Schultz said, hey, that does not change how the guys operate on the back end.
2: You don't think about it. You just
3: go out and play your game, and we have the guys that come in and step up for us. And, um, you know, obviously those big pieces that are uh, missing. Um, you know, so you just got to go out there and do your job. And um, we know we have the guys, like I said, that can come in and
5: step up. As for the forwards, uh, Mike Sullivan has uh, filled in as follows. It's going to be, at least this is how they practiced it yesterday. Dominic Simone on the left wing with uh, Riley Sheehan at center and Phil Kessel on the right side. And uh, Carter Rowney's the fourth line center between Zach Aston Reese and Tom Kuhnhackle. The uh, Crosby, Gensel, Hornquist, and Broussard, sheary Rust lines remain intact. Uh, the Penguins, uh, of course, have leaned heavily on Evgeny Malkin and Carl Hagelin, particularly in the postseason. But Phil Kessel said yesterday that guys putting too much pressure on themselves in the absence of those two isn't really a concern. I don't think so. I think, I think we have, uh, we've done it a couple years now, and we have guys that are going to step up and step in the lineup and can contribute anyway. I'll say this for Phil Kessel. I don't think too much concerns him.
1: No. I, I, the
3: good thing about winning two cups is it alleviates a little bit of that
1: pressure, too. Yeah.
3: And I, I, just, enough, I
5: he, think that's more just being Phil Kessel than it is winning two cups. Yeah, Phil, the throw yeah. is very zen. Yeah. Hey, Phil, the world's going to end in 45 minutes. Okay, well, we'll <laughs> go get Obviously. a hot dog. You know, it's, it's been a good run. It's been a good run for us. and mm-hmm. See how we can respond to that. Pence caps tonight. How's your breath? Yeah, <laughs> uh, No good, eh?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not great.
0: Oh my God! Can we play that again? That was the best.
1: <laughs> Pierre asking,
5: "Well, it was, a, was kind of a clumsy way." That was way the to, quintessential Phil Kessel Yeah,
3: he's talking, asking him whether or not he's winded. How's your breath? Ugh, not
5: good, eh? The other uh, conference semifinal <laughs> matchups uh, in the wake of the Bruins' win over Toronto: it's Boston against Tampa, and uh, Winnipeg against Nashville, San Jose against Vegas, and Pittsburgh. Against Washington. Man, those are fantastic series. No scrubs left. Tough to call any one of them, right? For sure. Is They're is there an overwhelming favorite in any of those four matchups. Or are they all pretty Maybe much... Nashville? I don't just think. Beca- well, just because they've been there, done that. Yeah, but Winnipeg is really good this year. I actually like Winnipeg in that one. I'm going to go with Tampa over the Bruins. I'm going to go with the Penguins. Don't uh, take that to the bank, but I'm going to go with the Penguins. And... I'm going to pick San Jose over Vegas. Don't know why. Picking against the flower. Maybe that's
1: why. That's definitely why.
5: (laughs) First run of the NFL draft (laughs) is tonight. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. What? What?
0: I was motioning to Randy. I have the Phil Kessel. Oh, you got a look—the look that he's like, giving but, you but, is just
1: unreal.
3: She made a barf-like face. <laughs> no, she like was, pointing. I like, thought you were putting your finger down your throat, and I looked <laughs> over, and I thought you were going like, ah, ah, like, like <laughs> no. choking. And I'm like, "What the hell are you doing? We got to learn sign uh, language." like or I have
0: the breath audio. Yeah, this isn't
3: such a precious precious broadcast that you couldn't have just been like, "I have the breath audio." <laughs>
0: breath. Hold on a second. Let me get back here a little.
9: It's not good, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant in terms of conditioning. Oh. <laughs>
10: um, yeah, it's
9: fine. I mean, obviously, uh, it's a fast game out there, and, you know, you just catch your breath and go back at it. It's <laughs>
5: not good, eh? First round of the NFL draft is tonight. The Steelers have the 28th overall pick. NFL.com's Mock drafts. Mike Mayock says the Steelers are going to pick uh, running back Sonny Michelle out of Georgia. Sonny Michelle. Sonny. Is that Sonny or Sony? I can't remember. Sonny. It's Sony. It's S O N Y.
1: Thank you for all the. Pain.
5: One of the two really good Georgia backs along with Chubb. He's actually the better one. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah says the Steelers are going to take corner Jair Alexander out of Louisville. Cool. Bucky Brooks, inside linebacker. Rashawn Evans out of Alabama. And Peter Schrager says cornerback Josh Jackson out of Iowa. I'm leaning to uh, Florida cornerback or Central Florida cornerback Mike Hughes. I thought I was thinking outside the box with that corner thing, but uh, people uh, apparently have seen the Steelers' defensive backfield play. Pirates split with the Tigers yesterday in front of dozens of people at PNC Park. <laughs> <laughs> they lost the first game. There was nobody there when that thing started. I no, mean, nobody. And there weren't many when it ended. Uh, 13-10 Tigers in the first game. Uh, Pirates come back to win the nightcap 8-3. to They are 13-11. and One more with Detroit. This afternoon, twelve thirty five at PNC Park. Michael Fulmer against Yvonne Nova. The Game one loss for the Pirates extended their losing streak to five games. They managed to snap that in the nightcap. It would be a nice step in the right direction again if they could win today and win a series again. Anyway. we got
3: a lot coming up for you. Josh Yoey is going to talk about the Caps-Penn series, a preview from uh, the Athletics' Josh Yoey. Also, Dave Damoshek from the NFL Network, live from Dallas, Texas. And Billy Gardell gives us a shout in a little bit. The pre-sale for his upcoming November 16th show at the Benidim Center. The second show that he's added starts at 10 a.m. Keyword will be Yinzer at TrustArts.org, and we'll talk to Billy coming up. The DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Val Porter, Bill Crawford. Uh, The movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner is a real accurate depiction of what you're going to see happen (laughs) in Dallas today. Um The Browns have like 78 picks in the first round, don't they? By the way, the Browns are going to be the subject of next year's HBO Hard Knocks. Oh, my
1: God. Did you know that? This season? Hard Mm -hmm. Knocks. Oh, my God. I can't Browns.
3: Yeah, but it always kind of makes me want to root for the team that it's
1: about. Well, you know. I'm rooting for the Browns to win three or four games. Oh, man. Come on, man. They just went (laughs) 0-16. You can't
0: hate a team that bad.
1: Yeah, at this point, it's like, I don't know, like, you know, heckling the homeless. I am so surprised still that the movie draft day ever
3: got made. Now, do you remember the movie draft day? Yeah, with Kevin Costner? Yes. Jennifer Garner? Do you remember the, yeah, all the subplots, the storylines? It made the Browns look worse than they already do, which is tough. Very tough to do. They had a chance to make them look great and super smart, and they do some of the dumbest, most unrealistic stuff. They make every GM look like a moron. They completely uh, talk down to their fan base and, and make everybody well, kind of... I, th- I thought that part was accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but ev- most NFL fans watching that movie know that there's no way any of that crap would go on. It's no. such a thin storyline. So now the big storyline this year in the NFL draft Josh Allen tweets unearthed this morning God you know that there's some somebody was doing some sort of opposition research on him and they were holding on to these texts and waiting for that bomb to drop Yep on draft day they were waiting and waiting and they figured it out yeah this will make his stock drop and this will push our guy up above him They used the wayback search engine found the tweets it is unbelievable. Screenshotted him. I don't know if you saw it though. Baker Mayfield recreated. Oh, it's amazing. The legendary Brett Favre shot of Brett like in his dorm room wearing jorts on draft day. <laughs> Super tight jean shorts that are cuffed. Yes. And he, he, he even detailed it to the point. And I don't know if he did this for ESPN the magazine or Sports Illustrated or he took it upon himself. I just saw the picture this morning, but it was so true to the original that the people in the background of the picture were even wearing the same kind of yep. stuff that were they were wearing in the original photo uh, that Brett took when he was, uh, was it Mississippi mm-hmm. State, was he? Who, Brett Favre? Yeah. yeah. So, the funny thing is if you're going to pick a Brett Favre picture to recreate, that's definitely the one to do. right There's one if that there's <laughs> you don't <laughs> there's want. There's Crocs and a team watching it.
0: And a Wang.
3: <laughs> Maybe Look, not the best. Ah, uh Billy Gardell will be calling us here momentarily. We're going to talk to our friend Dave Damischek from the NFL Network and NFL.com. He is in Dallas for the festivities. So is uh Pittsburgh band The Common Heart, by the way. They're playing outside the stadium today. They got a oh, stage brilliant. set up and all kinds of music and you know live performances and they're going to be one of the bands
1: featured today. We got to make sure we send Damischek their way. Yeah, good and point. And connect to uh to Pittsburgh. Hey fellas, what's the poop? <laughs> um, we've still got Damashek to talk
3: to. Josh Yoey from the Athletic is going to talk about tonight's Pens cap series kickoff, and Stan Savern closing things out. But I do want to remind you, we're giving away playoff tickets for every game, every home game this series. All you got to do is submit a video, sixty seconds or less. Be as creative as possible, explaining why you're the biggest Pens fan, why you should win those tickets, and you upload the video to YouTube, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, etc. Then share the link with us via the online registration form at DVE.com. Now the deadline to enter is Monday at 3 p.m. because the first game here in Pittsburgh won't be until Tuesday. Tuesday.
0: You could perform a song.
3: You do whatever you want. Yeah. Be creative. A cheer. You could show us your uh your boy barn. Do us ew, do a uh <laughs> Sam Kinison scream, you yeah. know, type thing, whatever. Bring it out. Just bring it out, bring it on, and you can win tickets. And these are no cheap. Dates, as you know, that's right. Tickets, second round of the playoff,
1: oh, pricey, yeah. pricey. Yes. So this is a
3: big prize for you. All you got to do is register by uploading the video and check out the registration form on how to do that at dve. dot com. Billy Gardell calls us next, and Val Porter with news. What's up?
0: Uh, some kids are not being allowed to use the term best friend because it might hurt other kids' feelings.
3: Oh no, we're really screwing things up. Yep. Also,
0: you know what I think?
3: Well, I don't. Get to it when you say that. Okay. I think we make too much out of little. Like one person says something stupid, or snorts a condom up their nose, and and we act like like everybody thinks that's what. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Gardell, Damashek, Yoey, Saverin, That's all coming up at nine o'clock. DV. Do
1: you have your
4: rally jenko jeans? So I got rid of the real clutch jeans, is what we called them. The clutch jeans last year, they were like quadruple (laughs) wide leg jeans. And I wore them for a couple overtimes, and we won when I had them on, and then uh, we went on like a three-game. Here's the thing about Caps games uh, that you guys are going to need to prepare yourself for. They all go to overtime, and I uh, may have urinated on them and lit them on fire and thrown them into the trash. So (laughs) those are are gone. I've got my clutch Jinko Jorts. Jinko
3: Jorts, are those like, I, I mean, are those just like wide shorts?
4: Yeah, it's like, um, have you ever been to a wedding in the state Florida? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Jacksonville formal. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's that's a good way to, to,
3: uh, to contextualize it.
9: Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. <laughs> PFD
3: commenter from uh, Barstool Sports. Pardon my take podcast. Who might be the funniest dude on Twitter? Uh, I, honest to God, uh, it kind of makes me laugh. Nonstop. Speaking of that, guess she's on the phone right now.
1: Billy Gardell.
3: Billy. Hello, hey, guys, To what do we owe this pleasure of uh, <laughs> being twice visited by yourself, sir?
10: Well, uh, uh, this is uh, pre-sale day for show number two at the Benedum. I just want to remind everybody that pre-sale, the pre tickets start today at ten a.m. at www.trustarts.org. What do you say? org. Trustarts.org. Yeah, say up fast five times.
3: Trustarts.org, trust art. Yeah. You it's can do it. No, I
10: can't. www.trustarts.org or you can call 412-456-6666 or you can go to the wonderful com for uh details. Your password is yinzer. Yenzer. Yenzer. Last ah. week they did that They did it this, and we busted the internet. So, so let's let's see what happens for show number two, which will be Friday night, seven thirty. Doors open at six thirty. If you didn't get your tickets for the last one, you can hit them today with the code word Yenzer.
3: Now, are you on Sheldon tonight?
10: I am. I, I, it, wait, no. Young Is Sh- he Thursdays or Mondays? I can't remember.
3: I'm confused now.
10: I'm always confused because I wasn't <laughs> sure if they moved it to Monday or not. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Young Sheldon. So, yeah, not sure. Uh, well, I thought the other yeah. day
0: you said Monday.
10: I, I thought it was Monday. I always have it. On, I'm, I'm starting to sound like my son. I have it on a DVR, so that's when I see it. <laughs> and the pens are on tonight, so yeah. let's just record that. Ah, <laughs> pens. <laughs>
1: Pans. I <heard> pants
10: <laughs> Murray, let's let's get that glove going tonight, babe. I want you looking like a vacuum cleaner.
1: That's what I'm talking about, Bill. Bounce yeah. back game for Murray, even though he won the last game, wasn't his sharpest.
10: That a lot a lot of firing going on in that last game. We need to we need to batten down the hatches. So so let's uh, let's get that glove uh, mopping that ice up a little bit.
1: Bill, me and Val were talking about how fun that weekend's going to be when you're back in November. That's gonna I, be I,
10: I cannot wait. And I'm I'm probably gonna come in like I wanna come in like Tuesday. I went and see if I maybe Monday night so we can just do Tuesday live and I can torture you guys and pester you all weekend. Yeah. And I wanna take a minute to to, to just uh uh thank W D V E because you know, I sell out pretty good around the country. I do okay. You know, I sell 1,000, 1,500 seaters no problem, you know, and and I sell at clubs when I work them, but there's absolutely no way that this happens to me in Pittsburgh without WDV. Randy, without you saying years ago, hey man, call in every Tuesday and uh, be a part of this show, and I, I cannot and 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 as welcoming as you guys have been, Val and and Mike and and Billy, I, I, there's no way this happens without WDVE. So I just want to say thank you.
3: Well, you can blame it on the bartender at Casey's that was serving us the day I thought of that. <laughs>
10: <laughs> was, this, was that when uh, inspiration struck yeah. was that
3: where we were yeah we were at Casey's and I threw up behind the bagel shop and it was like 6 p.m
0: <laughs> 6 p.m yeah it was a, I was day in an, a,
3: I was at an afternoon wedding and I went and met <laughs> Bill, it was on the south side and I went over and met <laughs> Billy afterwards and he had had an all-day thing going and I'd had an all-day thing going and then we just <laughs> really ramp things up, man. Hey, why don't we really, get together it, like vulture? Dude, it was and me and Trenny. Trenny and I went to a friend's wedding. And then I we remember, went over and I met remember that. and I we remember went and that. met uh Billy <laughs> afterwards, and I was puking behind Brueger's bagels on the south side like three hours later. I'm like, Bill, it's, you should come on the show every Tuesday. Here's another great idea I have. Let's drink more.
2: <laughs>
3: well, at least I had one good
10: idea that day. It's a romantic story, (laughs) Rand. No, it is.
2: I still remember it.
3: I'm a Jameson and a Jameson.
10: Bad idea. And a Jameson. And a Jameson. With a sidecar of Jameson. And
3: (laughs) a Jameson and a Jameson.
10: But seriously, I really do. Thank you, guys. Bill, you're family. You're family. That's nice of you to say, but you're family. I appreciate it. I really do.
1: I remember exactly where I was, Bill. I was in my car, and I was actually driving past the station one day towards the Fort Pitt Tunnel, and I heard you on the radio for the first time i I hadn't met you yet, and I was like, "Who is this dude Because like, I was like, well you know he's saying he's from Pittsburgh, but like i i never I never saw him i you know I've been doing stand up for a little bit i I haven't seen him around he sounds like a pro, boy,
10: your bar was low back then, bill."
1: Come on!
3: <laughs>
10: no,
1: but that's no, the thing. Just, you just you know you you fit right in right
3: away. That was the best part is that you had already honed your chops, and yeah, then I, I and then came back and started chop. slinging. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
10: but but I tell you, man, I you know my my humor is based. Yeah, whenever I get asked to do an interview and, and they ask you, they go, "Where does your humor come from?". I always say it comes from my dad, but it it is it was molded in Pittsburgh because we have a uh, we have a flag out in the middle of the city, or at least we did when I was growing up that that it was an imaginary flag that just said don 't take yourself too seriously or we 'll do that for you mm-hmm. and i think uh, I think that 's where all my humor comes from man and so to I think it 's helped me over the years too as a stand up it 's helped me stay grounded out here being on d v e and it it's it, it means a lot to me when I call in on Tuesdays because we do, especially when we get off on those riffs, man. When we get off on a Pittsburgh riff, it's 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 my favorite thing. And when you roll that on a civilian or a normal person that don't live there, it's it's like zapping them with a funny beam. They don't know how to. They don't. They it doesn't fully land on them. You know what I mean? Like they get it, and they, they it's so funny to them. They like they'll go, "Wait, how did you put the? Those are funny words. Yeah, they are."
3: You know what, Bill? I, the one thing that I think you don't discount, but people might not know, is that where you uh, sharpened your skills, the time frame, and your peers at that time. I mean, in Florida, there was a circuit of comics at that time, including, like, Brian Regan. Like, Brewer. You know, iron sharpens iron. You were yeah. amongst some pretty sharp fellas.
10: Uh, yeah, I didn't realize uh, how how lucky I was to be around the group that that I started with when when I did, I mean when I started, Brian Regan was just headlining the clubs. Um, uh, Tom Rhodes was was oh, like a, a hot gun feature act. Yeah, he's awesome. Like I mean, we would watch him and go, "Holy cow! What what is that?" Yeah. And then and then our open mic night was me and and Daryl Hammond and Wayne Brady and Larry the Cable Guy and uh, Jim Brewer. And uh, carrot top. I mean, we, there's yeah. a bunch of cats. Like we had, we like we had like a three city rotation to MC to host the clubs. There was Saint Petersburg Coconuts, which was like the best. You know, it was just an awful club, but you could do whatever you wanted.
2: <laughs> you right. Could, nobody <laughs>
10: yeah. ever said anything. Like Bob Shoemaker was the guy who booked the place in Saint Pete, and that was Brewer's Home Club. And and his two rules were pay your tab and show up on time. That was it. So you could say whatever you wanted, so it was a great farm system. And then we had Bonkers Comedy Club in Orlando, where, where I started. And then Tampa had a comedy club. And those three, between and West Palm. So so between those three, you had all these Florida guys that I just mentioned. Uh, we would rotate, taking turns, helping each other get into each those clubs. And so we had this... We had this great circle, man, and, and we were guys that like, we would do open mic night and then we would just go to Denny's and, <laughs> and be seven of us sitting around trying to figure out how we were going to make a dollar doing this, you know, mm-hmm. or we would trade jokes and go like, like, I, I can't use this, you know, I think you could use this or, or somebody come and go, Hey, man, I got a tag for that last joke you did. What do you hear? Try that. You know what I mean? So there was a, there was a really, really uh, creative camaraderie awesome. at that time. It really was. It was amazing to be a part of that.
3: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, you came from that back to, to Pittsburgh when you first started really headlining, and in the, in the improv really changed comedy in Pittsburgh.
10: Uh, well, I've been back before that, actually, the funny bone, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, I told, I told Gene Collier this story, but I, I figured, you know, every comic has to find their voice, Right or mm-hmm. every comic has to find what, how they're going to say it. They're, they're, these young comics that think they're inventing something new, I, I'm out of oxygen to tell them that that's not real. I have no more breath in my lungs to tell them that, that that's not true. Okay, You're going to write about a few things, and that's all there are. There's, there's sex, there's drugs, there's relationships, there's pop culture, there's music, there's religion. You, you know, you're not, you're not inventing anything mm-hmm. new. There's just so many topics. However, how you come at those things is what makes you unique. I I heard an interview with Paul Paul Santana, or I mean Carlos Santana, (laughs) many years ago. Hilarious guy. Uh, Well, yeah, I know this guy, Paul Santana. But he actually said, um, Santana said, everybody has to play an E chord and an A chord, but how you tune the guitar is what makes it different. And I really took that to heart with comedy. And the way I found my voice was, I was I was a feature act for a, 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 a I can't, it was like a clown act. This guy was a clown and had a clarinet or
2: something. Oh <laughs> man!
10: And I was opening for him. My dad was. My, my dad came out to see me for the first time. <laughs> I had done my twenty-five minutes and. Uh, and then the clown went up and was doing the clarinet and the weird <laughs> stuff. And then my, I was out front and my dad walked out and he lit a cigarette. And he goes, Hey, Hey Bill, how long do I got to stay before I ain't rude?" <laughs> 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 but that night I found my voice, man. I went into Swiss and, uh, met up with the, the guys I grew up in the neighborhood with, you know, can the cop and, and Denny Danny Sessa and, and Roy mater. And my brother was with me. And, uh, we were uh, we were lighting them up pretty good at, at Rocco's, and uh, I looked over at Roy, and we got to talk about wiffle ball, and uh, and I said, Roy used to have this wiffle ball back called the bludgeon. He had cut the top <laughs> off it, and then he had wet paper and jammed it all the way through the, the, <laughs> the bat, and then retaped it, and then let it dry, so it was like... It was like a rock hard wolf, wiffle ball bat, and we called it the bludgeon because you could just you could just crush a wiffle ball with it. Right. And he said, "Do you have that anymore?" And he goes, it, it, "It's in my mom's basement." Well, it wasn't, but about 14 more beers later, where we were down at the end of the street, he had snuck into his mom's basement that night at about 1:30, <laughs> grabbed the bludgeon and a wiffle ball bat, and we were playing. Right there's a little area. Uh, corner area, not in the alley, but adjacent to Harrison Avenue. And we're playing wiffle ball at 2.30 in the morning, and we're laughing. And just, I I don't know how we didn't get arrested that night. (laughs) And uh, I I, I hit hit a big one. I hit a deep one. And they're looking for the ball because it's dark. And I just, I'm listening to all this, and I'm looking around the neighborhood, and I realized this is my voice. This is who I am. This is where my humor comes from. This is my humor. I don't have to try to be anything else. I just have to be this genuinely. And that that changed everything for me.
3: Well, you can see that all on display. (laughs) On a big stage. On a big stage, November. Now, all the way from uh, Harrison Avenue to the uh, Benningham Center stage, sold out the first show, second (laughs) show, on sale starts in 45 minutes. The pre-sale, keyword Yinzer at TrustArts.org. Tomorrow, general uh, sales start 10 a.m. Get in on that pre-sale today because uh, if the first show is any indication, these are going to move pretty quick. Billy will have special guests at the show Friday night. That clown is going to do uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. reunion
10: show. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, oh God, that's funny.
1: <laughs> turned his clarinet into a bludgeon. He's going right. oh, to be on stage. I
10: have to fly my dad up just so he can come outside and go, Bill, hey, Bill. Come on. When can I go without being rude?
3: You should bring the bludgeon out on stage. Here's the bludgeon. Uh or give it away. Uh that's a,
1: that sounds like a weapon from the Warriors movie.
3: <laughs> it was. It totally was. Bring at the was it a thin wiffle ball bat or one of those bam bam no, bats with a no, thick it wasn't, end?
10: Now, okay. Now that's I love that you know your wiffle ball bats. It wasn't the thin yellow one, and it wasn't the Fred Flintstone red one. The big they red used one. To make it, they used to make a tan one that looked like a baseball bat. Yeah,
3: I know exactly oh, yeah. yeah, that one, and we we had a a black one too that looked almost like PVC piping with a yes. rounded end. That yes. one was we had that thing taped up so much. I mean, home run derby's uh, galore. When you played
1: home run derby, did you say that, like, did you pick a player that you were like, like you know, my buddy would be like, oh, I'm Chris Sabo, and I'd be like, all right, I'm uh, Ken Griffey.
10: Yeah, we. So try I, to mimic the swings. I, was, their swing I was really Stargell. There's no no question. So you're the guy that gave Pops. everybody speed. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, Who I needs was greenies? I really and we're not going to talk about that, and I did the windmill. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Trustarts.org. Get your ticket starting at 10 a.m. The pre-sale. Keyword you need to use? Capital Y. Yinzer. Yinzer. So uh, do that at 10 a.m. Billy, we got to jump. Thanks, man.
10: I love you, guys. Love
3: you go brother. Love you, go, go
10: Pens. Go Pens.
3: Pens.
10: Ah, Pens.
3: Thanks, man. Speaking of the Pens, turning our attention to tonight's Game 1 in D.C., a 7 o'clock puck drop between the Penguins and the Capitals. As previously mentioned, we have tickets to give away for all of the home games in this series. You could win them. All. The whole series home package. Yeah. By sending in a video, 60 seconds or less, explaining why you're the biggest Pens fan, why you should win them, be creative, do whatever you want in those 60 seconds or less, upload the video to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Then share the link with us via the online registration form at dve.com. The deadline to enter is Monday, April 30th at 3 p.m. because the first home game will, of course, be Tuesday night Tuesday. at the PPG Paints Arena. Joining us right now from The Athletic to talk about tonight's Game 1, pens and caps, it's Josh Yoey from The Athletic. Josh, good morning. How are you, ma'am?
11: Good, guys. How are you?
3: I'm doing pretty Great. good. I am uh, I'm adopting the typical cynical Penguins fan outlook. Where I think, yeah, you know what? Uh, Preparing is, yourself for a letdown. Uh, yes. Explain to me why uh, I would be right to do that, and why I would be wrong to do that. What's the best thing going for the Caps, and what's the best thing going for the Pens?
11: Well, the best thing going for the Caps, I guess, would be the law of averages, and also they're yeah. kind of adopting they're kind of adopting the "woe is me" approach this year. They're, oh, we're the underdogs, and we know right. it. And, you know, we're just here to have fun this year, and there's not as much pressure on us, you know. And sometimes that can work. Um, if you want to feel good about the Penguins, I would suggest you know what history says. But also, the Capitals did lose a lot of players, good players, from that team the last two years. On paper, they are not as imposing as they were, and they have a goaltender who gets rattled every time he sees black and gold. So there are certainly some things uh, in the Penguins' favor uh, going into this series.
5: Josh, do you think Holtby is still that guy or did the way things played out in round one, uh, you know, as opposed to him starting and maybe looking over his shoulder the whole postseason, he gets benched, then gets thrown in, and now he's the hero, and he's talking about how he got to practice hard for the first time in five years, and he's better technically and all that. Uh, Is is it a different Holtby?
11: Well, that's good for him, but I'm not sold just yet. Um, I give him credit for what he did against the Blue Jackets, but... You know, that, that's not the kind of offense that the Penguins have. The Blue Jackets are the kind of team that throws a lot of pucks on net from wherever, and that's the kind of thing that can give a struggling goaltender confidence. Uh, the Penguins, as we know, are just completely structured differently than Columbus, and I have to believe it before I see it. I mean, or see it before I believe it, rather. I mean, he is a very gifted goaltender, and I give him credit. He showed some toughness to, to will the Capitals back in that series. But his numbers against the Penguins the last couple of years are absolutely abysmal. So let's let's wait and see first before we anoint him as having figured out the postseason.
5: The other question of the day here on the uh, morning show. Uh, when you look at the Penguins' defense, what they threw at Washington last year in Game 7 versus what they're going to throw at the Caps in Game 1, is it better, worse, or about the same if you subtract Cole and Hainsey and add Alexiak and Letang?
11: You know what? On some level, I think it's better, and hear me out. Uh, we all know Chris Letang has had a, a pretty disappointing season. And in particular, Chris, just the mental aspects of the game, the blown assignments everywhere, have been a major problem. But the thing with Chris, if you tell him, hey, here's your assignment, that guy wearing number eight for Washington, <laughs> just follow him around. Don't let him shoot. Uh, Chris matches up really well against him because he's such of a great skater. He can take away Ovechkin's time, and he's so strong on his skates that Obie's not going to knock him around the way he will other defensemen. So I think Chris is a huge part of this, this rivalry and of this particular series, and I think he's a good matchup for the Penguins, actually, against Ovechkin. So from that standpoint, it might be better. They're not as deep as they were. That third pairing really struggled late in the Philadelphia series, so that's a concern. But I think the Letang-Ovechkin matchup is really something to watch.
5: Expanding on your point, aren't the Penguins way better when Letang's playing well? course they are
11: i mean and they're always better with him i i remember i mean that's so uh, in and out
5: this year it's 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 painfully obvious he's a critical guy is he not
11: absolutely he is and i know he's been frustrating to watch but i also know that their chances of winning the cup are a heck of a lot better with him in the lineup and him healthy i remember i was up in boston last year for myself and stay with the cup and I said, how the hell did you guys win the cup without LeTang? And he kind of shook his head and he said, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm still not really sure sometimes myself. And that that's what, you know, the regard they hold him in. So even though he has been really puzzling at times this season, uh, yeah, he, he gives them a different chance. And when he's playing well, they are really hard to beat in a seven-game series. That's just the way it is. And I thought for the most part against Philadelphia, he was pretty good.
1: Another player that wasn't in the lineup the last time the Pens faced the Caps was Matt Murray and it's hard to say that M- Matt Murray is, is due for a bounce-back game, seeing that we just eliminated the Flyers, but he obviously didn't have his best game. How important is he, and can he steal a couple, uh, one or two games in Washington?
11: Well, he's huge, and, yeah, he's very difficult to gauge right now because I he was great against Philadelphia in the first five games. For the most part, he had two shutouts, and all of a sudden on Sunday afternoon he was really shaky. He was fighting the puck all day. Um how many good looks did the Penguins let the Flyers have in the third period? Maybe one or two? Uh, they were really insulating him, and they had to because he was off of his game. We could see Casey the Smith warming up uh, from the press box. You could see him toward the locker room getting loose. So he was very close to being pulled. Uh, of course he's important in this series. And you know the Capitals, especially when they're on the power play, they require a goalie to show an awful lot of athleticism. Uh, you know who's going to get the puck. And you know how he can shoot the puck, and you still have to get over to his side of the ice when you're a goaltender and have yourself square to Ovechkin. It's something Fleury did brilliantly last spring. But as great as Murray is, he's not the athlete Fleury is. So I don't know if it's the greatest matchup for him. But he was awfully good against them two years ago, don't forget. So, uh, yeah, obviously he's going to be huge in this matchup. But when a series is this evenly matched, it's hard not to look at goaltending and think it's the most important thing. Defe-
3: oh, I was no, gonna- Go ahead, Rune. I was going to ask defensively for the Capitals. Uh, Brooks picking not the player he once was, but they do have some stalwarts on D.
11: They do, and yeah, you'll notice they're going to watch Brooks's minutes a little bit, they, mm-hmm. especially with Malkin out of the lineup. They don't want him out there against Crosby ever, and, uh, right. and mm-hmm. they can dictate the whole matchups. So you're not going to see him out there against Sid much. John Carlson had a career year, and uh, he's a free agent, by the way, this summer, and he's about to become a really wealthy guy. Just you know, getting started, baby. Or elsewhere. <laughs> that's right. Taking off um, like
5: a red, white, and blue rocket. <laughs>
11: <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. He's a great player. He really is. And and the thing about Carlson, not only is he good defensively, but to watch him on the power play, that's what makes their power play so great. You know they're trying to get it to Ovechkin, but Carlson and Oshie are also right-handed shots, and they are lethal. Um, they really are. So, and Carlson's a huge part of that. And, and Dimitri Orlov is a guy the Penguins have taken advantage of in the past. He's a much better player now mm-hmm. than he was a couple of years ago. Scored a big goal against Columbus the other night, so they have a lot of defensemen who can really hurt you offensively.
5: Josh, can you give me a quick uh, take on the other series, or are you too immersed in Penguins right now?
11: I'm okay with that. Um, they're going to be great. Uh, Boston-Tampa is going to be a wonderful series. I think Boston might be the best team in the league right now. I know Toronto pushed them, but boy, they're they're a scary good team. Uh, Nashville-Winnipeg, my gosh, that should be the Western Conference Final. Uh, those, to me, are the two best teams in the West. I'm picking Nashville on that one, but not really confidently. Could go either way. And San Jose, Vegas, I keep picking against Vegas, and they keep winning. So I I don't know what to make of what they're doing. I'm, I'm certainly pulling for flower. Uh, how can you not at this point? Uh, I, I'm picking San Jose because I think they're a better team. But I, it's almost like Vegas is playing in a different reality. I don't even know what to make of what they're doing.
2: <laughs>
3: Josh Joeey from the athletic Josh loving the athletic man all
11: right I'm yeah happy really
3: to hear good that. stuff yeah I really dig. I like I just I like the content I like the way it's laid out I like how easy it is to uh to 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 get through it all go very very right cool. to my teams yeah I dig it man <laughs> find your stuff good uh, stuff
11: I appreciate that guys
3: thanks Josh we'll see you right. uh, right, take care. on the way for you Mike Pursuta, again, more talk about... Well, no, actually, we got Dave Damoshek when yeah.
5: we come back. That was really... I, I couldn't agree with Josh Moore, Letang, and I wrote this for Pittsburgh Magazine when they traded Ian Cole. The, the issue on defense is not that they lost Ian Cole, it's is Letang going to be Letang? Mm-hmm. He has so much to say on how far they go the rest of the way. And he was, he was was and I agree with you, he was better more often than he wasn't against Philly, but when he wasn't, it really glaring. was obvious and glaring mm-hmm. and impactful, and he has got to be one of the guys... Moving forward. Moving forward. When we return live from Dallas, Dave Damashek from the NFL
3: Network. It's draft day in the NFL. That's next on DVE. Yeah, it's the DVE morning show. And we've been talking a lot about the Caps, Pens game tonight, game one in Washington, uh, D.C., but uh, there's something else going on. And that's the NFL Draft, live from Dallas, Texas, Jerry's Haas. The Haas Jerry Bill. And joining us right now from the NFL Network, native Pittsburgher, Dave Damashek. Good morning, sir. How are you?
6: Oh, fellas, fellas. So much to discuss. So little time. I'm on the freeway here in Dallas, Texas, literally on my way to Cowboy Stadium. I know the draft doesn't start for many, many hours, but I'm gonna tailgate it and (laughs) in my heart, the Penns Capitals game.
3: Well let's talk all day. Let's talk Penn's caps first. Now we had your buddy PFT commenter on last hour. Mm -hmm. Talking some Mm -hmm. trash. Yeah.
6: Well, I'm happy for him and to any I, I know there aren't many, but any Capitals fan within the sound of my voice. Let me say in advance, congratulations, because it is 100 percent your year.
3: <laughs> All the pressure, clearly on them, because this is their
5: cup to oh, yeah. win. You got to tweet that once in a while, Dave.
3: Yeah, I know. I mean, it's great.
6: Well, I mean, I try to, I try to hip everybody to it, sort of as a public service announcement, because you know, I felt watching the game last night, it was a gem for at least the first couple of periods, and then it, I, it occurred to me, what am I doing? I'm getting sucked up into this drama. But it's it's all moot because the Capitals are going to win it anyway. So who cares who, who they uh, play, <laughs> including us. You know, we don't even have we don't even have Malkin. I'm just I'm just praying that we don't get swept. That's it.
3: No Malkin, no haggling, <laughs> no bueno. And
6: what are we going to do? You know, what who, who are we to assume that we could go into our nation's capital and compete with uh, with the greatest goal scorer of all time and all his pals? Of course, you know. I mean, I guess you know we got a puncher's chance. Yeah, I give us that, but yeah, you know, sure. how, how could we possibly compete against uh, against the great Braden Holtby, who, when times <laughs> get tough, always rises up and plays. <laughs> <laughs> you should be on hockey
5: night in Canada, man. This is good
6: stuff. I mean, you know, it's a, that it, it is what it is. You know, that's what. What are we going to do? Are we, are we supposed to um, cry about our fate? You know, listen, we're, we're it, it's great to look at look at the positive side penguins fans. in a few nights the mighty washington capitals will be on the banks of the three rivers and it'll be a a, a wonderful rare opportunity to witness greatness you know so enjoy it
1: <laughs> we had a good run let's just celebrate the the times we had once again orange that's
6: right i mean they're our peer, aren't they i mean that's what everybody keeps saying oh no better rivalry in the 21st century NHL than the Penguins and Capitals. Yeah, it was a, it's a great rivalry when uh, when when uh, one team has won every single time they've ever played <laughs> each other uh, in any game of significance. Well, you know what? I'm done with the charade. Let's talk. Let's let's talk stuff. The Capitals would like to be our rival. They, uh, I, you guys, we've talked about it before, and I'll say it again: the Ravens are the Steelers' true rival. Yes. The Bungles are a punchline who wish they were our, our rival. They <laughs> wish they were on our level. This is what the Capitals are. The Flyers, I mean, grudging respect. You know, you hear the stories coming out of the series about Couturier and, and beyond. And you, and you say, well, those were rugged guys who yeah. battled, and they have defeated us on occasion in spring. But the Capitals are the Bungles they're gum on our shoe. They're a, they're a punchline for us.
3: <laughs> uh, what has it been since, 94? Nin- yes. 90- yep. 94?
6: Right. It was once. I mean, uh, fine. Listen, uh, every once in a while somebody's going to break through. But, you know, ten times we've played each other. Do we even have to go through this nonsense? And, by the way, the the, the idea that Malkin and Hagelin, that, just to, to add a little something to game one. For real, Penguins fans should not expect to win this one with Malkin down and haggling and beyond, but what if? The, I mean, you talk about the t- the pressure that comes with being the team that's supposed to win. I always talk about the curse of supposed to. You don't want to be the team that's supposed to. And if the Penguins go in there in Game One and Malkin's not out there on uh, on DC ice and they knock him off, I mean, that, <laughs> what's the frame of mind going to be for Hopey and the rest of the gang after that one?
5: Yeah, who's your guy tonight, Dave? Twenty eighth, uh, overall. You're at the podium announcing the Steelers' pick.
6: I I have a hunch from uh, just from you know to, you know who knows anything. Everybody lies about what uh, what uh, any team's thinking about anyway. I could see Rashawn Evans or or uh, Leighton Vanderash Esch. Uh, from what I gathered, uh a you know uh, better than I am talking to those guys there, but it's it. Certainly sounds like they're not worried about Van Der Esch's uh, stingers. So maybe him. I met the guy. He's a delightful uh, fella. Um, do we want yeah, a Pine. delightful
5: fella and inside linebacker, or we want Jack Lambert?
6: Touche, <laughs> touche. I don't know. Jack Ham always struck me as a gentleman. We can win. Maybe we'll split the difference. I think. Um, I, I do think that uh, in pie in the sky. I've seen a couple, I don't know if you've heard, uh, you've been required now as a as a citizen of the world to have a mock draft, so I'll, uh, I'll thank you to post all of yours on Twitter before the draft tonight, but um, I've seen some mock drafts where Derwin James is dropping impossibly far, I don't think it's realistic that he gets there, but I've seen him in the 20s, I mean, pie in the sky, that would be the best guy to get, and who knows, the Steelers have done it. One, oh, once in a generation, they will make that move to move up in the draft. I, I mean, if they could go get uh, Derwin James or Roquan Smith, I'd be over the moon for either one of those. But And I know they don't draft for need and all that sort of no, thing. No, never, never, Vander never,
5: never. There. Don't do that. I know, but if they,
6: but if they, if they do that, and then I keep <laughs> hearing that they're in love with Justin Reed as well. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I say, uh, and also Jair Alexander. It felt like to me a year ago, sitting at the draft, in Philly, like it went as bad as it possibly could have, and they still wound up with uh, with TJ Watt. Like it seemed, it seemed like the names that they coveted kept falling away, and they wound up with TJ Watt, which worked out. So hopefully, it breaks right once again for uh, for the Steelers here. But you know what? I'll, I got to tell you, I'll be watching with my brain tracking all that, but my heart will be uh, will be in our nation's capital with the black and gold. And remember, fellas, as always. Black and gold over red, white, and blue. <laughs>
2: well,
3: let me ask you this before we let you go. Uh, you know, controversy this morning, in draft news. Have you you heard about the the big Josh Allen news dump this morning, which could hurt his draft stock?
6: I know. I can't well, I mean, I guess it's not shocking. What What is shocking is that in twenty eighteen. Watch, watch uh, four minutes later, Crawford, just as a joke, will dig through my tweets from uh, 2009, and uh, I'll never be employed again. <laughs> but I, I, feel like, I, I feel like, I mean, in 2018, how foolish do you have to be to be a public figure like Josh Allen with people tracking every, your every move and not think like, yeah, I should make sure I go, not, not the kid. You know, he's a 20-year-old uh, football player. does not think of anybody in his life who says like, hey, you know what we should do? We should delete all your tweets. We should go back and, and uh, scrub out anything that might ever get you into trouble. The bigger story is is that it, more and more people, apparently the brain trust uh, up in Cleveland has made its decision. And if it's true that it's Baker
1: Mayfield, I mean, what, what, are, you, what, what are they doing? doing? Can they –
6: doesn't somebody have to step in? Like, doesn't the team have to become state-run or something like that at some
1: point? (laughs) No, you're not allowed anymore. It's put into conservatorship and just handled by Britney Spears' dad.
2: (laughs) 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 You guys are not allowed to pick anymore. You're cut off.
6: I mean, think about that, really. Think about if, in a draft, you wonder how teams like the Browns and Jets are teams like the Browns and the Jets. And it's very re- reasonable that they could come out of tonight with, uh, with Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen while <laughs> Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold are on the board. I mean, then you wonder, like, wait, wait why are the Jets so bad? Oh, it's because of that. <laughs> That's why.
3: So, uh, Baker Mayfield recreated the famous Brett Favre draft day shot wearing jorts, laying on his dorm room bed with a room full of supporters. Did you see that picture with yet? cinderblock cinder block cell phone.
6: I did see it. I admired it. I thought it was fun. Um, I, the one thing we can't have, I mean, you can have that kind of, uh, that kind of mirth and, uh, you can, uh, I, I guess there, you can send some tweets out. But the one thing that we've learned is in this, uh, in this 2018 draft process is one thing we won't stand for is our quarterbacks being book readers. Josh Rosen <laughs> likes to read a book. How dare he? He's not focused on football. Yeah, I don't know this young man's. Head's in the right place with him. Uh, He's too smart. Books and uh, the
1: learning and stuff. The Only book I want him <laughs> reading is the playbook.
6: <laughs> That's always a reminder too. I always when people say, "Oh, you gotta gotta be a genius," you know, like oh, to, to handle what they're gonna throw at you and everything else. Like, have you talked to them? I mean, it, 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 how hard is it to learn the playbook if uh, if uh, if everybody's able to learn it the way they're able to learn it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I I'm always. Uh, <laughs> I always think that that undermines the argument uh, of how brilliant you have to be. Well, listen, uh, it it can't be that hard to learn if those guys are learning it.
3: So have you been out to the facility yet, or is this your first jaunt out to what will be the draft day confines? I
6: I am uh, en route to Cowboy Stadium, and it uh, reminds me uh, of a dark ending Super Bowl forty-five, oh, yeah. Packers and Steelers.
2: Um,
6: I, I hope uh, Steelers fans will enjoy that I did that day. This is a true story. I took a ride to the stadium with uh, the Cowboys architect of those great uh, teams long ago, Gil Brandt.
3: Oh no, kidding! We That's pretty out. cool.
6: It was cool, and he spun a, 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 a amazing yarn that it, in Super Bowl ten in Miami, the bus driver got lost on the way to the stadium. And uh, and one of the players on the Cowboys was from Miami, and he said, no, you're supposed to go this way. And the bus driver said, no, no, I know where I'm going. And they wound up in a dead end, and they got to the Super Bowl 75 minutes before kickoff. Imagine that. Imagine something like that happening now, how crazy that would be. But uh, I did as we walked into Cowboys Stadium. Um, I asked Gil, and he accommodated me. Among all the people, all these Cowboys fans – I draped a black and gold uh, terrible towel over his shoulder. and He walked in, and uh, and I felt that that was a good start to the day. The day didn't end well, but I still felt a small victory. <laughs> <bitter.
3: sighs> that I would have loved to hear that wow. guy's story. Those cowboy teams were awesome.
6: They go. I mean, his stories go on and on and on and on. Yeah, it's a, he, he really is uh, delightful to sit with. He can tell you every um, hometown of every guy ever in pro football, and that's just about literally true.
1: Dave, a listener tweeted us an idea, a philosophy, a perspective that I didn't see coming, but I could... I could believe as plausible that Josh Allen leaked that stuff himself, so the Browns wouldn't take him. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Cagey stuff, Josh Allen. Who <laughs> said he's a he's too small time for the NFL? He's already figured it all out. Oh
3: yeah, that's, yeah that's dropping a bunch down. of N bombs. I don't care how young you are. That's a tough one to get out from underneath. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Tough to go in the locker room after, guys. I didn't mean it. I used an A, not the hard
6: E R. <laughs> this is really it. Really has the NFL draft has, I guess, kind of turned into uh, a, a general election kind of thing with a last minute um, shakeup. I mean, uh, there, there was. I mean, that was. I was there a few years ago. What was that? Three years ago. Now, the gas. Where literally, as they're walking in on the uh, red carpet, the Laramie Tunsil video goes on. <laughs> And everybody panics. We cannot draft him now. I, I contend that if, it, if, he would just, if he had just been holding a joint, it would have been one thing. But
3: we'll add on to mask. <laughs> yeah. how,
5: how severe is this guy's issue now? Do yeah.
2: a mask to it? <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: a little too much. Well, you can be uh, sure.
6: If he was reading a book while he was doing
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> You can be sure in the future that uh, the 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 B roll behind the athletes as they go up will be their disgrace video. Like it, mm-hmm. everyone will have had amassed so much bad stuff. Baker Mayfield's arrest video will be up there when he goes up. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, you might as well just uh, steer into the skin.
6: <laughs> I mean, for real. Are they? I mean, is that really going to happen? That they're gonna, that they're going to take Baker Mayfield first overall <laughs> with Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen sitting there. Is that really going to happen tonight? By so the Cleveland Browns?
5: You're not, not a Mayfield fan, there? I'm guessing. Johnny Manziel 2.0. I
6: think he's fine. I, listen, I think he's good, but he's obviously more combustible. You know, you know you yeah. uh, who's more like you. You've got to take if you're the Browns. Listen, if the Steelers wanted to trade up. And, and and swing and uh, take a swing with uh, Baker Mayfield. They have uh, they have enough success in past drafts that they can uh, uh, afford to do something like that. If you're the Browns, I don't, it, people say, well, it's, it's not fair to Dorsey. He wasn't there for all those other ones. I don't care. You're now the Browns representative. <laughs> you now must you can you can you cannot do this again. You cannot roll the dice on a guy. You need the thing that is closest. To guarantee for your own job security, you can't roll the dice on Baker Mayfield. It seems like a ludicrous thing that it really is perhaps coming uh, uh, coming true tonight. It really, it's going to be wild if that's the way it goes.
3: Let's hope. Uh, Dave Damachek, bring <laughs> us home.
6: <laughs> it is something to root for. Yes,
3: it really is. Yeah. Uh, bring us home a winner tonight. Uh, bring back a good one. We appreciate your time this morning.
6: I'll. I'll uh, yeah, maybe I'll have him uh, send a, a special message to you fellas Um, because I'll talk to him right about a half hour after he gets drafted. But listen, to the matter in hand, let's go, Pence.
3: Yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's go, Pence. Pence. Dave Damoshek from the NFL Network will be watching, sir. Thank you so much.
2: Let's go, Pence. Let's go, Pence. (laughs) Let's go, Pence. (laughs) Stan Saverin, when we come back (laughs)
3: on the DVE Morning Show. Yeah! The D V E morning show Stan Savern joining us right now. And you made your way through the traffic. You battled through the uh you got in the you know, the dirty areas, you did all the things you had to do.
9: I, I- I may I may have gotten away with a clutch or a grab or a high stick, <laughs> uh, violating some rules on the way in. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it wasn't traffic going to the pirate game.
1: No, well, probably
3: not. There is a lot of stuff going on today. Oh, boy. Uh, you got the as draft. long as you're
1: playing the exit, they don't call you for the tripping or the exit. The, you know. Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
3: Uh, You got the draft, you got the the Buccos, and you got the Pens and the Caps game one tonight. Stan, what is your read on how this is going to go down
9: tonight? Because there certainly are a lot of variables. Yeah, I don't know about about tonight. Um, uh, I mean, they've proven that they can win without Malkin. Let's remember last year in this very same series, they won a game without Sid. So, you know, they're more than capable of doing that. The question is... How long will Malkin be out? And I don't think we should dismiss the contributions that Haglund makes, and not that I'm suggesting that Haglin's a better player than Malkin. It's not what I mean. But the Penguins have guys who can do what Geno does, not in that fashion, not as well, but they can score. They scored eight against Philadelphia without him. Uh, The Haglin injury, he is unique because of what he does. Uh, He's a great fit on Malkin's line. He's not only their best four-checker, he might be the best four-checker in the NHL. He's a great penalty killer. Um, he, whether he scores goals or not, frankly, is irrelevant. He fits perfectly into Mike Sullivan's style. And if he's gone for an extended period of time, they really don't have people who can step up and fill in for him. Um, I still think the Penguins are the favorite, home ice or, or no home, home ice. That hasn't proven to be of any value uh, whatsoever. Uh, I do think that it's people are tending to rely on history too much. Oh, the Capitals, they always beat the Capitals. That's fine until they don't. Uh,
3: I, I, the, that stuff only sits in the heads, I think, of the offended party.
9: Yeah, the Capitals. And yeah. the question is, I actually think that they're better mentally prepared to beat the Penguins than in recent memory. And for this reason, the last two series— and they came in, one. they were the President's Trophy winners one year, most points in the NHL. And I think they had this sense that they were entitled, that, well, we're the Capitals, look at what we did during the regular season. And, of course, they got their comeuppance, although so last year it wasn't until a Game 7. Um, this year, I think they surprised a lot of people. I expected them to take a big step backward. Because of their failure against the Penguins, again last year, a lot of the key personnel left. A lot of things changed. And I was surprised they were actually able to get 105 points and win the division, but I also think that they did that because that they have a better mindset, and now they're down two games to none, and then they win four straight against Columbus. Columbus isn't great, but still, you lose two games on home ice. It's a perfect spot for a mentally fragile team to crumble, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So that makes me wonder if they're not a harder-working, tougher-edged mentally – Hockey club than they've been in the past. Switching to the draft,
3: Steelers tonight. Uh, they always tell you the same thing going into the draft. Ah, we don't worry about need. Best player available. We've seen it too many times. If you pass on the best player available, uh, you'll really regret it, et cetera, et cetera. But there's no way they're not going to be loading up on linebacker eventually through the, this draft,
9: right? Well, it's amazing how often um, the best player available just happens to fill yeah, a need. It's right, amazing yeah. how that sometimes happens. Um, and nobody can ever believe he dropped that nah, that
5: only happened with Troy, Santonio
9: Holmes, Heath Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Shazier. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so. TJ. Uh, uh, Cam Hayward, because they, you know, the guys were, Kiesel and, and Aaron Smith were, were getting on in years. Uh, it, it, I think there is a best player available uh, slot this year, meaning best defensive player available. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, if it's not, if the, one of the two linebackers isn't there, then they're going to draft a safety. Uh, both positions of need, I think you'd probably write inside linebacker ahead, but they could also use a really good safety and a guy who can play free safety. Um, and that would s- strengthen the depth. We're seeing a lot of uh, three safeties. I think the definition for safety has changed. We think of safeties, uh, you know, back in the day of the Donnie shells and even Troy, who was unique, uh, but safeties are different now. Um, they have to be able, uh, some ha- some play up in the box, but some are hybrids. Morgan Burnett played some linebacker right. inside. So I think you're looking at a sort of a different, pro- I mean, we think of the you know great players like Ed Reed and, and guys like that, not that a, guy, a great player like that uh, wouldn't be welcome, but the the dynamic of it has all changed because the offenses have changed.
1: I think it was Mike who said this, and and I really like the analogy because he said, you know, a lot of people are trying to say, oh, you got to replace Ryan Chazier, a linebacker who does safety things, but with Burnett, it's a safety who can do some linebacker things. Well, so you're really don't...
9: you're spreading out the coverage, anyways. Yeah, I mean, you, look, Chazier, obviously the entire narrative would have changed had his unfortunate circumstance not occurred. But you're also looking at when you have two inside linebackers, one of them's coming off the field on passing downs anyway, which is to say two-thirds of the plays. Uh, you know, A guy like Vince Williams uh, was forced into being a two- and three-down player when the truth is he's barely a one-down player. Uh, and and that, that makes a difference in what you're going to do. Uh, and it would be great if one of the inside linebackers is there, not only for this year, but we're going beyond. They, they don't have a number. They, they need a playmaker. Shazier was a playmaker. They don't have any playmakers on defense. They need one. Stan, who's on the uh, show today? Uh, Mark Madden will join me, we'll be talking about the series. Jerry Dulack will be joining me, uh, talking about the Steelers, uh, you know, in the draft and so on. Um, I'm going to uh, also mention. I know people. Whenever I bring up the Pirates, I start to roll. Uh, but when I see Jameson Tyone was the second overall player picked in the draft. And I mean, I think he's going to be a good pitcher. Um, but in his, all the years that this pirate group have, they developed one great player, and the answer is no. The answer is no. Well, now people don't have to listen. <laughs> I've had people say that was, that a, was a great tease. first hour, but if you're talking pirate, I have Michael McHenry on every week. Well, I'll be. I'll we'll, be, we'll get back to hockey at one twenty. Okay, okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll tune back in then. Um, uh, so. Uh, uh, I don't know. Is it ever going to change? It's that's not going to be the topic. And I, I got to mention the LeBron shot last night. Oh, yeah. He's um, – What an ender. He's, he's nope. just unbelievable. I, I, you always get the argument about Michael Jordan, and, you know, you can't argue against Michael Jordan. And the thing about basketball is you can't compare Jerry West with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, right. they're different positions. But when you talk about the greatest of all time, I don't know. And I saw Jordan play in his prime. I don't know that I've ever seen a greater basketball player than LeBron James, who can do Clutch. everything. 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 Felt like a defensive end. He's now second in 30-point career games behind Michael Jordan, only eight behind him. Um, he is, uh, I think, second in triple doubles, or close to being second in triple doubles in playoff games. Um, and then he, he you know, at one end of the floor, he blocks a shot and then he, he hits a three-pointer when he hadn't really hit any outshot, outside shots the entire game. Insane. Last night was a good night. Sports. Yeah, oh, yeah, flipping. Although I was I was upset. I, I really wanted Toronto to beat Boston. Me too. Me, me too. Not me, baby.
3: <laughs> me too. That was a hell of a game. All right, one we, down, one to go. <laughs> we went way over, but with good reason. So many people to thank. All the guests on the show today, including Stan Saverin, Dave Damoshek of the NFL Network, Josh Yowie of the Athletic, PFT Commenter, from Barstool Sports Pardon My Take podcast, Gene Collier of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Rick Seaback from WQED Pittsburgh, and Billy Gardell, who uh, tickets have gone on sale pre-sale at TrustArts.org. Keyword is Yinzer. If you want to get on the pre-sale,
1: those are the close tickets. you got to get on because I just a buddy just hit me up and said, I'm in line. There's 100 people in front of me. Oh, all right. Wow. We'll do it now. TrustArts.org.
3: Keyword is Yinzer. So get on that. All right, Michelle's up next. Have a great day, everybody. Let's go, pants. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face.
9: I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby.
10: For
1: so now, you guys call me Ronald.
9: Would you not eat my pants,
1: Ronald? Ah! <laughs>